Drama City Productions presents Immersion Rig Now Online Welcome Nerd, Generating Episode 56 The Royal Rumble Featuring wrestling, horror, comics, and more. Entering the rumble in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is David. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. Holy shit, it's fucking cold outside, Christian. <laughs> Jesus Christ. My God! So you had to work the last two days. Yeah. How was that? It's fine, because you know why? Was no it? one's fucking out, so no one's opening my door. Oh my God, man! I cannot believe. Like I have the heat turned up, and my house was still cold. <laughs> like little drafts that we had before, mm-hmm. we're like, oh, there's a draft, no big deal. Were insane. It was like having a fucking air conditioner like running in your kitchen. Like it was, it was it any just... window that might have had a draft. I found frost all around it. Speaking of frost, what the fuck's a frost quake? Have you heard about this? Did you hear the big loud yeah, booms? Well, I haven't heard the booms. I have never. I've... I am forty years old. I have never heard of a frost quake before. <laughs> so I'm sitting in this basement, uh-huh. probably like two o'clock in the morning. All of a sudden, I hear this loud boom, and I'm like, "What the fuck is that?" I actually go upstairs thinking someone's trying to break into my house, and then. You know, once I see it's all clear, I'm thinking, did a pipe burst or something? What the hell's going on? So I come back down after not finding anything, and then like an hour later, same thing, boom. I'm like, what is going on? Like, I'm thinking icicles are falling off the roof or something like that. So like, I go upstairs, I'm about to go to sleep. I tell my wife, I was like, I think the house is falling apart. Like, this house is over like 100 years Uh old. So I was like, I don't know what's going on. I'm scared to go outside. I'm, I'm thinking like sidings down or something like that. Well, the next morning, she, like, messaged me a link to fucking Frostquakes. It was all over the news. Like, I guess this is a thing that happens when it's this cold. Something about the water and the ground expands, and it caused, like, like, almost like thunder. Because, I mean, last, it was it uh, five years ago. We live in Chicago, by the Mm. way, so um, it was fucking cold. Like, record break, (laughs) it was like negative 25, right? Um, Schools called off multiple days and if you're from this area um that we're at the school never calls off so it's a big deal that they actually shut down um i don't even know what the hell i was saying i'm still cold so i don't (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no they i get uh, a couple years back we had a big like snowstorm Mm -hmm. and there's such thing as like snow or thunder snow so there's lightning and thunder that could happen during a snowstorm. I never heard it before or anything like that, but we had this big thunder snowstorm. Maybe glasses. I was right. like, is this the end of the world? Is that what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> I mean, times have been dark lately. You know? But I was like, is that what's happening? Because this just, I mean, this is fucking crazy no, ass yeah. shit. I was like, oh, you know what? We live in a good area because, you know, there's no earthquakes, there's yeah. no storms that come by. We don't get no. hurricanes. Exactly. You know? No, of course. The cold comes and gets us. No, yes. Frost quakes, and yes, winter is coming. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, man. I need to move. Um, <laughs> all right. So we've got tons of news this episode. So, um, last, God, last two weeks, we've been previewing a whole lot of fucking movies Mm -hmm. in 2019. 
This week is just all about the news and the Rumble, of course. So let's dive right into the news. Uh, it is official, finally, and I feel like this kind of goes into the no shit category. <laughs> ben Affleck is officially out as Batman. Mm. Um, He's wanted out for a while. So it's not, yes. <laughs> Which is, like, I don't know why they made the announcement now. Like, I felt like it probably, it's been rumored and talked about for, like, at least six months. Like, I feel like ever since Justice League, mm-hmm. like, you know, bombed in the box office. People are talking about, oh, Matt Reeves is going, you know, this direction with it, you know, with the character and everything. And that, I mean, this was all confirmed in the article. Uh, Batman by Matt Reeves um, is going to be featuring a younger actor. But we've heard that for months. So, um, and it's going to be focusing more on his detective roots. Um, which is awesome. So it's going to be kind of like a crime noir-like story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. And I right away was thinking, you know, year one, which is a fantastic Frank Miller storyline. But like right in the article, it's not going to be year one, nerd. So shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this article's talking to me. Uh, and the rumored villain right now is the Penguin. So um, they're recasting, looking for a 25 to 35-year-old to play um you know, the Dark Knight. Hmm. Who, Christian, would you like to see fill in the role of Batman? You know, I think this is a hard task because we have had so many fucking good Batmans. Have we, though? <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying Michael Keaton. I I've enjoy enjoyed Michael Keaton. Christian yes. Bale. Um, Christian Bale. Ben Affleck to a degree. To a degree. I don't like any of the movies he's in as Batman. I think it's not his fault. Exactly. Though. I never blamed Ben. Um, Trust me, I was shitting all over the casting news when I heard Ben Affleck was really? going to be. You know, I was. I think I was one of the pe- one people like I always liked Ben Affleck, and I was happy for him that he was having a resurgence because mm. he kind of like went to the wayside, Hollywood wise, career wise, you know, for a couple years. So I was like, I could see Ben being a great Bruce Wayne, you know, and I know he'd make you know Batman work. And for me, as long as you can pull off a good Bruce Wayne, I feel like batman's not that hard mm. of an acting you know job you know you just have to be brooding and you have to look good in that suit um you know and physically i know he could do it you know so um but yeah when it's the bruce wayne part that is hard because you got to be charming you have to get over because bruce wayne is really batman's secret identity you know do like you it's john cena yeah you know, bruce wayne is the costume oh gosh shut your mouth, <laughs> shut your fucking mouth. Uh, if that would happen, it'd be Warner Brothers just not giving a shit. <laughs> or I'd actually feel like they have something personal against me at this point. <laughs> uh, it's like someone's trying to fuck with me. <laughs> Someone hates me personally over at Warner Brothers. They're like, screw Damon and everything that he likes. Uh, yeah, no, I do not see John Cena getting, you know, a tryout, you know, for this. So um, do you have anyone that you would like to see? I'm honestly, I'm struggling to think of someone. I just don't know young Hollywood enough, I guess. Um, you know, so 25 to 35 gives me a range of, like, someone that people have been talking about a lot um, recently. Um, I, one thing oh, my head, I'm just trying to go keep going, keep ramping. I'm trying to remember his <laughs> name. So one person that I've been thinking of is uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. You know, he'd be, you know, closer to that 35 range, but I feel like he could pull off both roles really well. Um, I could definitely see him, you know, as a, a charming Bruce Wayne, you know, um, and then, you know, he would definitely be able to be, you know, just physically that Batman character. Um, so I feel like that 
would be the perfect fit. Um, you know, but I don't know if he's interested in doing that. Yeah, especially with him just taking on the mantle of Mysterio. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, Jake Gyllenhaal makes sense. You know, and that's someone that's been you know out there for a while. You know, especially when, I think right when the news dropped that Ben wasn't interested, mm-hmm. when people started floating Jake's name out there. So, um, I wouldn't mind Michael B. Jordan. You know, but I would like to see Michael B. Jordan be everyone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I would cast him in every movie. <laughs> uh, Charlie Hunnam from uh, King Arthur. Uh, he was also the main actor from Sounds of Anarchy. Not ringing any bells. He's nope. shaking his head no. Pacific Rim? I'm going to trust you. Did you see Pacific Rim? Nope. No? Okay. Did not see it. I'm, I'm naming a whole lot of great properties, I'm sure. <laughs> Here's one. Jon Snow. Kit Harrington. I could see him working well as I Batman. feel like I would rather see him as uh, fucking Dick Grayson. I feel like he would make a great Dick Grayson. I feel like he's Dick too Grayson. old to be Dick, though. He's got a young face. He does, but I feel like he works as a young Bruce Wayne. But I, I, I see where you're going, but I feel like he'd pull off the range. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Charlie Cox. Charlie Cox. Would be and we've seen him. Him. we've yeah. seen him. We've seen him as Daredevil. <laughs> but he... He knows this world, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he, he can wear a costume well, so I I definitely could see him as a younger Bruce Batman. Wayne. That'd be awesome. Right? I mean, the physicality of the role, he has mm-hmm. no problem. Put that guy in a fucking hallway, he'd be well, beating down Joker henchmen left and right. Oh, God. Not just that, but it's just like when you think about um, him going across uh, fucking Wilson Fisk, that almost translates super well to what kind of character Penguin could be. In this future film and mm-hmm. stuff like that, I'm a throw you for a loop. Who are you gonna cast as Penguin? Ah, <laughs> that's hard. I'd right? rather just bring back Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, <laughs> what about Tom Hardy? <laughs> Tom Hardy would be a great Penguin. They don't That'd have to go with you know. I like kind of what Gotham, the Gotham show, has done. Yes. Where it's not just this, you know, like it has to be this, like you know, portly character hmm. who just seems hopeless. You know, I I enjoyed the casting for the, the um, Gotham show. Um, you know, it was a different look for Penguin and everything. It gave him a different dynamic and everything between him, you know, and Gordon. So um, they could go that route. You know? um, it would be different, that's for sure. Aiden Gillen from okay. um, Game of Thrones, fucking Littlefinger. Oh, that'd be a great uh, penguin. And that guy's gangster as hell, so that perfectly because I'm 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 guessing it's going to be a crime story. Mm. So that is a perfect fit, you know. Um, and he just does conniving so well, you know. He was also in The Wire. He's a great actor with mm-hmm. just insane range. I was just talking about him, so I mean, yeah, I could definitely see that. You know, that's a good, that's a really good call, actually. So it's awesome now, like like the world of TV. It's like it's such (laughs) before it'd be such a crossover, Mm. like a huge thing for a TV actor to be jumping into Hollywood. But now it's like they all, you know, crossover between the two. You know, you've got big stars doing TV now. So I mean, yeah, no, I think it's the perfect. That's a good fit. I think uh, the guy that plays Cassian would do another great um, Robin. By the way, Dick Grayson is. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Do you think they do? I don't think they do Robin off the bat. No, 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 no. I think that's yeah. sequel territory. Unfortunately, I think they'll they'll probably go with a younger Robin at that point. Yeah, I th- I would like I like the idea of it being you know like crime noir though. 
I, I think that's mm. it's about time. I feel like the movies haven't really touched on that. You know, like Nolan's movie was more about you know the action hero, you know, and even you know Tim Burton's movies. Mm-hmm. And so I I really feel like it's time to see that aspect of the character on screen. So yeah, man, definitely. So I mean, I'm I'm excited for the Batman movie, and we actually have a date for it they did drop a date i love that they waited for aquaman to cross the billion dollar mark <laughs> to start making all these like dceu like you know announcements um they're like well we're not sure let's wait um well do they we're still doing are, this shit do they announce that these are connected they ha- did not no okay. they're not they're not for what i know they're not necessarily connected and i hope that they're not i feel like this is going to be more of a I, I thought at one point they said this is going to be more of a standalone type deal um and that works they don't like i said they don't need to be connected anymore mm. so um and i'm i'm honestly hoping that they're not so because i feel like if you even hint that they're connected then fans are just gonna wait for you to connect the dots mm-hmm. you know for something bigger to come out of it um but yeah so june 25th 2021 is when this movie is supposed to drop so we've got over two years you know which feels like i mean I don't even know if they're in pre-production at this point. I don't know if they're even mm-hmm. they've even started casting. I'm assuming they've got the script at least. Yes, yes, I believe Reeves um, took over because Affleck was originally writing the script also, and he was supposed to be directing. So, but I believe Reeves was taking over the script. I don't know if he's still working with Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns was working with Affleck on the mm-hmm. script, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, he's doing Doomsday Clock right now, which is phenomenal. You know, I mean, he's a well-known artist. Right. So, um, but yeah, no, he, yeah, there should definitely be scrapped on the table at this point, I would hope. Mm. So, because how long, this movie was being talked about before Justice League. So, <laughs> yeah. you would hope. a while. <laughs> so, if they have a date, I would hope there's a script. Um, speaking of dates, we also have uh, The Suicide Squad news. Um, that's actually the new title of the movie, The, the Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. Yeah, it rolls off the tongue, right? Um, so, how will Will Smith work that title? <laughs> That's it. What, we some kind of suicide squad? I don't know. Is Will Smith in this movie? So it's supposed to be a retooling of the Suicide Squad. This is a script done by James Gunn, and all but confirmed today, it looks like James Gunn is going to be directing this movie also, mm-hmm. which is, I think, phenomenal news. You know, I, I just I feel like it's the perfect fit for James Gunn. You know, I mean, you've got a ragtag bunch of characters, you know, who, you know, are going rogue, basically. I mean, it's basically DC's version of, you know, Guardians with mm-hmm. more of an edge. So, I mean, I feel like he he's used to ensemble pieces, and that's what he's going to do here. So, um, you know, who doesn't want to play in the DC sandbox? You know, I'm assuming the they'll characters. keep... Um... Harley, but I don't oh Harley, yeah, she's that's I don't know. not even negotiable. I think at this on point, the team this, at, on this iteration at least. No, and I don't know if they want Deadshot. You know, they did say they was going to introduce new characters, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the deal with Suicide Squad anyway. Yeah, you know, it's a rotating fine. cast, so I feel like that's fine. I I, I did not enjoy that movie, so I'm okay with <laughs> them mm-hmm. even pretending the movie didn't happen. Um, I don't know if they go that far, but you know, it is what it is, and this actually has a date also it's august 6 2021 so it is going to be quite the dc summer that year so i'm sure there'll be a lot of marvel sprinkled in there too but (laughs) you know i like seeing that dc is rising again Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, we're going to get two next year as well with uh, Birds of Prey and Wonder Woman 2. That's right. And we actually got a little teaser for Birds of Prey. It's a year out, but they gave us, I don't know how you would even describe it. Uh, it's like principal photography for the yeah, costumes and like stuff. Yeah, like costumes and stuff like that. As well. Yeah, it, but it looked awesome. Mm. You know, I was impressed with it and everything. It kind of gave us shots of different characters. Um, we saw a little bit of a Huntress. We saw Harley. Um uh, we saw Cassandra uh, Kane, which I didn't even realize was actually in the movie. I must have Nova. Yeah, uh, imagine that, though. <laughs> yeah, that would be. <laughs> like I, I would never picture that as being the Marvel DC crossover happening, but you know, whatever, I'll take uh-huh. it. Um, you know, uh, Cassandra Kane is an awesome character. Uh, she was Batgirl at one mm. point, just this badass version. She's like a mute who was like raised by assassins, never learned to communicate except through, like, body movement or something weird. Um, but a true badass. This is a younger version of the character. I don't know if they're, like, you know, on a mission to free her. I'm speculating right now, you know, from, like, Black Mask. Um, but I don't know. It's a cool aspect of the movie that I didn't even know about, mm-hmm. you know, um, before the little teaser dropped. So I was kind of excited to see that. And then, yeah, Huntress looked great. Um, who else do we have? Uh, Rina Montana? Matoya is her name, right? She's the question, I believe, in the DC books right now. She was originally a Batman um, animated series character. And then they actually brought her into the books. She's going to be played by Rosie Perez, actually. So, um, you know, it's an interesting choice of a character. We're not getting Batgirl, Mm -hmm. you know, who's typically Oracle, you know, in the Birds of Prey story. Um, And that's all because they are working on a Batgirl uh, movie, too. So that's a little bit of a downer. Um, she'd be, you know, Don't worry, there's still time to break that spine. Well, right? <laughs> I'm not saying we need to see that. That's not why it's a downer. It's like, we oh, Batgirl's not crippled. Film. What the fuck do you see? <laughs> <laughs> I like my Batgirl's crippled. No, that's not what I'm saying. We are getting a Joker film. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, we do have time, right? <laughs> I guess you're right. So, oh God, what if it ended like that? So... <laughs> but yeah, no, we've got we. I mean, we've got a lot of DC shit on the way, mm-hmm. you know. And this is going to be out next year, like February. I think I'm most interested in Ewan McGregor's portrayal of Black Mask. Yes, because we didn't see him with the mask. Mm-hmm. On. You know, they're going to save that for a little bit. I hope they go the whole fucking nine yards and they have him fucking carving that shit out of his parents' coffin, like he does in the book. Because I mean, how badass is that, right? Mm-hmm. So, I want to see him get to a real dark place. I want to see him go full villain here. Well, yeah. You, why would you think they he wouldn't be full? Villain? No, I'm just saying I want to see him as an actor go that way. Oh yeah, Not... well, yeah. <laughs> I don't think you and McGregor knows how to do anything else, mm-hmm. you know, but go full on. So I, I definitely feel like he'll have the mask on. That's why I'm excited and interested. Yes, yes, absolutely. So I definitely feel like you know he will be, you know someone that's worthy of facing the birds of prey and everything and he's an awesome batman villain who really i mean it was i was excited when they announced that character because he is a badass and he doesn't really get enough you know credit for how mm-hmm. awesome that character is i think you know everyone thinks of the classic batman characters but he's he's been around for a while but i feel like it's the last like 10 15 years where he's really you know been a kind of focal point of you know some of those books so i feel like just now he's getting his just due so I'm excited that a actor the caliber of Ewan McGregor mm. is like taking up that role. So, and goddamn it, can you Ewan McGregor act? So I mean, 
Good stuff. Good stuff. And this is going to be directed by Kathy Yang, who I know nothing about whatsoever. Um, but it looks like that some of the writers are actually comic book writers, too, on this movie. Which is um, always it, good to see. Yes, exactly. Go straight to the fucking source. They obviously <laughs> know what they're talking about. Another uh, rumor, at least right now, that just kind of dropped, Michael B. Jordan might be coming back for Black Panther 2. Do you feel like this was, like, I guess uh, the red carpet at some award show, one of the actors let it kind of slip that, you know, we've got everyone back, even Michael B. Jordan. You know, if I had to speculate, we do get the whole, um, you know, Chadwick, not Chadwick, um, Black Panther, mm-hmm. you know, goes to that spiritual realm to see all the past. All the Black Panthers. All the Black Panthers, and of course, you know, he had... He was a Black Panther. He was a Black Panther. Right? So I mean, I feel like he would show up in vision form. That's my assumption. Yeah. But it's the fucking comic book world. He can come back and it's time. comics, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone can come back. People absolutely loved Michael B. Jordan's portrayal of him and uh, loved him as a character. So they like, have a built-in, you know, out because he was, you know, mm. possessed by this mystical entity, so he could heal. You know, so I feel like it's built in where they have, you know, he could come back. Um, if he did come back, what would you want from the character? Would you want him as a villain or would you like to see a different side of the character? Like, you know, knowing the character's arc from the first movie. I almost see like a anti-hero type of role, but it slowly goes down a darker path that the Black Panther cannot allow. Okay. So it wouldn't be full villain, but it would be enough to still have to he's have a stirring, confrontation. He's stirring the pot. Yes. Okay. Okay. Maybe he's like on the fence and everything. We don't know quite who he is. Mm-hmm. He works with T'Challa for a little bit. Hey, man, and... dying fucks you up. Yeah, right? <laughs> Sometimes dead is better. Um, yes. So, all right. Well, I, I'm ex- if that news is true, that's exciting to me. Because, like I said, I want Michael B. Jordan and everything. Yes. So. I'll cast him uh, as he... Superman. I'll cast him as Batman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something I'll probably get into more next week. Uh, he's in this new animated series that I started watching called Genlock. Oh, okay. Uh, cool. He's super into anime, so he kind of like helps uh, produce this new Weren't show. Weren't they saying like the, um, and maybe it's just fan-made shit, but like some of Killmonger's like costume is inspired by like an anime character or something like that? Oh, I'm not sure. Like, someone was pulling, like, showing parallels between this anime character and Michael B. Jordan. I wouldn't be surprised. Not, like, his Black Panther Mm. costume, but, like, him in the blue, like, you know, top and everything like that, so. I mean, that looks kind of like Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z. Okay, so maybe they're just going that route. And I don't know enough about the world of anime, (laughs) obviously, to be like, oh, whatever. But, um, yeah, no, it... You know, so I've I've heard him talk in many interviews about anime, so I'm not mm. surprised that he's you know taken on a role like that. So, uh, did you see the Dragon Ball Z movie? No, the Broly one. Are you interested in that at all? I'm not, not a yeah. Dragon Ball Z guy. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I forgot <laughs> I mentioned it. Fuck that movie. <laughs> when we were doing, we were dropping our promo for uh, our most anticipated uh, movies of 2019. We had tons of comments of where the Dragon Ball Z movie was. On wow. Instagram, yeah, a lot, like three or four. So a lot of people, I guess, are really into that well, movie. I apologize. I know it did fucking phenomenal. So yeah, well, it was obviously not on my radar. Yeah. So, but no, it actually right was the top five. I think it actually was like actually made like the box office charts mm-hmm. and everything. It was like top five or something crazy like that. So 
I mean, good for that fan base, I guess. No, we'll get we'll get more into anime next week. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, uh, moving on, Zack Snyder. Uh, speaking of DC and DCEU, uh, Zack Snyder is back at it again. He is going to be directing a zombie movie called Army of the Dead for Netflix. Um, it's supposed to be balls to the wall. Um, he's excited to kind of tell his own original tale. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he, he there's a little quote here from him where he says, I love honoring canon and the works of art um, that he has. Um, he's speaking of his, like, adaptations that he's done recently. Um, but this is an opportunity to find uh, purely a purely joyful way to express myself through this genre. Um, it will be the most kick-ass self-aware, but not a, a wink-in-the-camera way, balls-to-the-wall zombie freak show that anyone has ever seen. No one's ever let me completely loose like this. I'm convinced there's going to be a wink in the camera. Okay. <laughs> At this point. So it seems like, too, I, I believe I was reading that they're looking to do more like practical effects and everything, which, of course, for me, is a must if you're doing a zombie movie and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, my fear right away when you tell me Zack Snyder's attached. I mean, I love Dawn of the Dead, you know, 24. One of the best horror remakes of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in my favorite Zack Snyder movie, um, which happens to be his first, you know, movie. Um, but yeah, he did a lot more practical effects. Um, but, like, his later career makes me fear that he would do more CGI shit. Um, hopefully this quote makes me feel like, no, they're not going to go that route. It's going to be insane. It's going to be intense. Mm. And they're going to do the genre right. So, I mean, even, you know, the title Army of... Was it? Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead mm. really feels like it could have been a Romero title. Mm. So, um, you know, hey, man. More well, horror. That's why I, like, I saw that. <laughs> I mean, started looking up. I was like, is this supposed to be a tie-in to something? Uh-huh. Or, right. You know. I almost said Army of Darkness, I realize. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I'm like I said... I mean, good for him. Um, you know, he's dealt with a lot, you know, recently um, in his personal life. So I'm glad that he's getting back, on, mm-hmm. you know, on his bicycle and riding off. So, I mean, and this is something that he loves. And, I mean, good for horror fans, right? So, more zombies. More you know. zombies. Speaking, Speaking of, of which... fucking horror <laughs> and zombies. Last week we were talking about Lost Boys getting a series. Little do we know, so is every other fucking movie, <laughs> horror-related, um, in the next three years. Mm-hmm. We are getting a shitload of horror TV. I mean, it's crazy, the amount of announcements that came out this last week. I mean, we've been talking about how big, you know, it is going to be, you know, in the theaters for horror in the next couple of years. But it feels like it's going to be just as big, you know, for, you know, mm-hmm. TV, you know, and all these streaming services. We are looking at a Resident Evil show. A Nightbreed show, a Chucky show, and a Twilight Zone show. So, and that's just all the ones that have come out recently. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure if, I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire, there's probably more. No, uh, long format storytelling is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, especially with, you know, Netflix and uh, streaming services out there. So I, I can't imagine, especially after what, a hill, um, haunted on, Haunting on Hill House? Yes. Stuff like that. Horror is made for that kind of long term. Absolutely. You're just building suspension to a fucking murder or a ghost appearance or something. It's just such an easy Well, platform. and what's, what always, the problem is with a lot of horror movies is you don't get a lot of character building where, mm-hmm. where you know, Haunting of Hill House, what makes that series work so well is you get to actually, like, live with the characters for a little bit so you care about them. So you get those character arcs. 
um, you know, and that what, you know, you're dealing with people running from the, you know, whatever, God knows what, you know, in a lot of these movies. So you don't get really to know these characters. So series like this works perfectly because then you care more about the characters. And mm. when there is a death, someone dies, it fucking matters. You know, it is actually horrific. You know, yes. you're not just watching cannon fodder on the screen. Absolutely. Um, you know, sheep going to the slaughter. Um, so, I mean, Resident Evil feels like a perfect fit for a series like this. And it's supposed to be kind mm. of told, I guess, in the same style of the movies where it's just kind of loosely based off the games. Yeah. Um, I you think know. I would rather it more connected. Because, I mean, if you get it more video game style, mm-hmm. like uh, what we're seeing with you know Resident Evil 2 Remake being out right now, it's such a dark, easy atmosphere to build. And I feel like it would be so cheap to make on, as a TV series as well, where it's just like, it's just a guy going down an empty mm-hmm. hallway and you just you don't know what's about to fucking happen and you just only need one or two zombies around just chasing after yeah. the amount of tension where he doesn't have enough bullets he doesn't have enough to deal with everything and I, I think I've talked about it before like I remember like turning off the lights and watching my buddy play that game and you know being scared shitless mm. there's some great fucking jumps like you know moments in those in those games and I mean just the, the tension that they build in those games you know just works perfectly mm you know, for film. Like, that's why I was so disappointed with the movie series that they went, like, straight, like, action-adventure action almost with <laughs> it. Um, there's really no horror aspect at all to those movies, to, at least for me. Hmm. So, uh, but it's saying here that the series is going to kind of focus more on the dark inner workings of the Umbrella Corporation um, and the New World Order caused by the outbreak of the T-Virus. So it looks like they're going to kind of go, like, into, like, a deep dive of, you know, everything that's kind of happening series so i don't know if that's necessarily anything you're looking for as a resident evil fan um, yeah i would just rather them do a slow burn where they're more like hey we're just we're fighting zombies that's what we're dealing with and then they uncover what what caused this. i'm a romero guy so i don't even need to know why the shit's happening as long as the shit's happening so i totally get what you're mm. saying you know maybe have it be a longer mystery and everything like that because i mean is it in the games do you pretty much know exactly what happens right away or well it's usually like there's a first the chapter there's like a first section where you're just surviving you're getting through this you're 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 getting through puzzles and everything and then you unlock this whole another section and it's like what the fuck has Umbrella Corporation really been doing this whole time? And mm-hmm. It becomes a much more fucked up world once you enter into that kind of... Now, were you working in the, as a character in the game? Are you working for Umbrella at no, first? Because um, in the movie, doesn't she work for Umbrella or something like yeah, that? Yeah, and then... they're like Umbrella agents trying to um, uncover like, what the hell's records happened. and shit. Okay, okay. Um, in the games, you're just playing as a fucking police officer just happening to come across this kind of shit. Okay. And uncovering like this bigger mystery, and Resident Evil Two just came out, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, is it a remake of? It is a complete remake, so it's not like um, where they just you know reskinned it and put it out for HD. No, they completely went in, revoice actor like voice new, actors, okay. um, new cutscenes, um, new everything. It fucking looks gorgeous, by the way. Like the gore is unbelievable. Really, in this. So is that something you'd be picking up soon? Yeah, as soon as I can. Okay, all right. I don't blame you, man. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in between houses. <laughs> I'm paying multiple sets of bills. I'm. <laughs> You've got a lot of games that you're playing right now too. I'm sure. Uh-huh. So yeah, no, I get it. So, um, but yeah, next up we did like we were saying we've got a Nightbreed show. Um, did you watch the original Nightbreed? Um, I don't movie? believe so. Uh, Clive Barker's Nightbreed, fucking 
great movie. Does not get the credit that it deserves. Um, tons of just awesome monsters, you know. Um, great, you know, you know, just effects and everything. Um, mm. You know, fun. You know, just a fun movie. One of my favorite horror villains, actually, of all time, and it's a, a very small role, Dr. Decker. Um, awesome look to the characters. This crazy, like, psychiatrist who's, like, gone rogue, mm. become a serial killer, like, killing his patients and shit. Um, but who's on this quest to discover this secret world of, like, you know, the Nightbreed. So, um, just a fun story. It's, think, my God, how would I even put it in terms? It's really kind of like the Morlocks, you know, the, you know, the X-Men's Morlocks, mm -hmm. or even the Inhumans. Like, it's this, like, okay. secret society of these, like, outcast creatures, you know, um, who are, like, I think they're powered by the moon or something. It's been a while since I've seen it. But they have, like, this, like, this... This quest to, to like discover the secret city of like Midian, I believe is the name of the city. I'll have to look at this shit up. So it's been a while, but just a great movie. It came out in the early '90s. Um, you know, I believe uh, Scream Factory just did a re-release re of it because I own it. So I, I'm definitely sure that happens. Mm. Um, but it it doesn't have as much of a cult following as I would like it to, because it is, you know, it's one of those, like, first horror movies I really, really got into. There's a great, like, Marvel comic that went along with it and everything. Um, you know, it wasn't as big of a success as I wanted it to be, though. So, um, just fantastic. Like, if you love monster making and everything like that and effects, I mean, just great makeup shit going on in this movie and fun, like, characters. Now, I hope... Um, the studio for sci-fi though takes that serious though. I you know Baker is behind it, mm -hmm. so I feel like they would because I mean he's very precious with his like you know, with his, all of his like you know work. So I don't foresee mm -hmm. him allowing them to do that. And I feel like you know sci-fi has all those fucking like shows and shit now with like the you know effect shows and everything. You know, with the, I mean, if you ever watch those shows, like the you know the competitions, with yeah, the, you know, those people know their shit. So all they have to do is get a few of those people on it. You know, that's true. But I've I've It'd seen sci-fi's track record, yeah, of how they like to handle things. Now there are a couple shows coming out from sci-fi that I'm interested in and that look higher grade. So maybe they're on the right track. But but you're right, sci-fi's record, their track yes. record is not great. Um, I just hope that Baker's, you know kind of sticking to his guns and not putting, you know, not allowing them to put out less than, you know, you know, high bar shit. So, mm -hmm. cause they have a lot to live up to, you know, even with that movie being from the early nineties, you know, the effects are that good in it, I believe. So, um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's just a fun story. Um, and it'd be really interesting to see it. it I think it works perfectly for long form storytelling though. So it's based off of his book, uh, Cabal. So, um, you know, it, it just really fits as a TV series and everything. So I think that main character's name is Boone, if I remember correctly. So um, we're supposed to be following him after the events of the movie where him and, like, the people um, are, like, trying to search for a new home. And I think Dr. Decker is supposed to be, like, you know, hunting them down. Mm. So um, the, the movie kind of had, like, cliffhanger where like dr decker might have gained like supernatural powers but then we never got a sequel you know um there was rumors for a while and it just never came to be so um i think this is i think this works you know so 
I might be a little too optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of sci-fi, yes. they're also doing a Chucky movie. Uh, not movie, I'm sorry. A Chucky series. So we are getting a Chucky movie, but that's by, I think it's Paramount, mm. you know, who owns the rights to Child's Play. But Don Mancini is doing his own Chucky series. So, um, and this has been in development for a while. Um, and there was a huge, like, bidding war for this thing. Um, but this is supposed to be balls to the wall. You know, what we get from the movies is what we're getting, you know, in this series. Which, you know, like, they're talking, you know, F-bombs, everything. Like, it's rated R. Which is crazy to hear coming from sci-fi. Sci-fi, yeah. But... It's a cable network, so they can do what they want. I mean, God knows AMC does what they want. So um, we'll see what happens here. But yeah, so it's, uh, but yeah, his little uh, quote here is, the show will be a fresh take on the franchise, um, allowing us to explore Chucky's character with a depth that is uniquely affordable to a television series format, while staying true to the original vision uh, that has terrorized audiences for over three decades now so it looks like it might not necessarily match up continuity wise but it feels like all the original players are going to be part of it like i heard that brad dwarf is supposed to be actually you know voicing chucky again which is all that matters to me because you can't have someone else come in and be the voice of chucky that's just ridiculous so um but yeah yeah no that it could offer you enough money would you do it oh yeah but (laughs) But that's for money, you know. I don't want to see some other asshole off the street doing it. <laughs> so, but um, I could do a good Chucky. Anyway, but <laughs> come on, sci-fi, offer me some money. But anyway, yeah, no, Brad Dorf is Chucky. Um, but anyway, also, last but not least, we are getting a Twilight Zone series. And this is coming out sooner than later, April 1st. And this is done by Jordan Peele. So I feel like it's the perfect fit. I think we talked about it before. Mm. But we just got the drop date. Now people are speculating that it's not really coming out April 1st because it's April Fool's Day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see. Um, it was interesting because Jordan Peele in this interview, when they announced the date, was talking about us. And us is actually inspired, I guess, by a Twilight Zone episode um, called, I think, Mirror Reflection or Reflection in the Mirror or something like that. So now I totally have to get on Netflix and check out that episode. Because I'm pretty, like, versed in Twilight Zone. Um, I used to always do those, like, New Year's... It's not the mask one, right? No, 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 no. Not that mask one. Um, I used to always do, like, the New Year's Day. Yeah, I would watch that every... Yes, right. It's got an actor, an actress from Psycho in it, who was in the original Psycho movie. So, um, Mere Reflection, I believe it's called. So, um, but, you know, I feel like this is going to be a fresh take on, you know, Twilight Zone. I feel like it's a perfect fit. Um, unfortunately, it's on CBS All Access. So, you know what that means? I'm never going to fucking see this goddamn show. <laughs> so, because I feel like I, they also do, they have a Star Trek show, too. And I, I do like Star Trek, but mm. I haven't seen a minute of the damn show, you know. Because I just can't. I, I There's nothing else on that service that... Like, gotcha. makes me want to uh, mm-hmm. get it. So, I mean, hopefully they end up getting some more properties that makes me want to actually subscribe. But, I don't know, I hope it comes out on Blu-ray, you know, or maybe I'll just, you know, bite the bullet if it's good enough and it's getting enough, like, fan praise, you know, I'll end up getting it. But 
Yeah. So, but yeah, I I don't know, man. I I love Twilight Zone. I love Jordan Peele. So I don't know. I just, I'm just sad. I'm never going to see this series. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another little bit of horror news, and this is good news. Doctor Sleep, which we kind of talked about briefly, I believe it was a couple months ago, because um, the film just wrapped up, is getting pushed forward. Oh, okay. Um, you rarely ever hear of mm. a film getting pushed forward. It's supposed to be getting a 2020 release, like I think January or February. It's getting pushed forward to November 8th. So it is actually coming out this year. Yeah, okay. So this is truly the year of horror. So, and if people don't know, this is the sequel by Stephen King to The Shining. So, um, and this is actually by, I believe it's Mike Flanagan, who did The Haunting of Hill House. So, um, you know, it's got good people behind it. Mm-hmm. I don't know, and Stephen King seems to be a fan of what they've shot so far, you know. And like I said, it just wraps, so who knows. But yeah, no. Year of horror. That's always a good sign. Year of horror. Good thing that we found out about this now and not during the horror. Oh my god, (laughs) tack out another half hour to an already three hour show. (laughs) So, but yeah, what else do we have, Christian, here? Oh, more horror news. Yes. (laughs) This is we've got a lot of horror shit happening, right, this week? Uh, Bloomhouse looks like they're going to be taking over the Universal Monster yes. Universe. <laughs> Thank fucking God. So, and they're going to be kind of focusing more on the horror aspect of these characters. Crazy. Not, not trying to make Tom Cruise action movies. <laughs> uh, it sounds like uh, Leigh Winnell. Lee Winnell. I always mispronounce his name. Um, from Saw fame. He's the co-writer of Saw. Mm. He also did... Um, was the movie that where he uh, the guy doesn't control his body he's like a, you saw it that was past year right does not control his body he's beating the shit out of people like a video what the hell is the name of the movie oh oh man. fucking uh hardwire upgrade upgrade there we go <laughs> upgrade sorry we're not cutting that upgrade <laughs> He is um, going to be helming The Invisible Man as the director. So um, I'm a huge fan of the original Invisible Man and like basically all Universal Monsters. So uh, I'm super excited about this. You know, give me a Universal Monster like, you know, universe where it's actually rooted in horror. I still think it's going to be hard to pull off, but I'm definitely interested in seeing what Why do you say that? The Invisible Man or the universe? The universe in general. So speaking of that, it's not supposed to be a connected universe. They're going to be focusing on individual movies and not worried about, like, you know, connecting the dots between everything. Because that's kind of what the dark universe that they were originally going yeah. for with, like, like, Tom Cruise. And I think they announced, like, half of the actors. Yes. And all yes the they, other did. they took a photo and everything. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so it's not going to be that. Oh. They're just going to be focusing on good movies. Fine. <laughs> Making good films. And That's great. Once again, I underline horror focused. You know, we're going to actually focus on what made these mm. characters scary in the first place. So, yeah, um, what a studio to pick it up as well. So, was it? I said, what a studio. I know, absolutely. Up. They've got a hell of a track record and they know how to do these films. So, hopefully, you know, no one gets in the way and they just let them make their movies. So, um, but yeah, and they're even saying that The Invisible Man might not be the first movie out. They've got tons of offers coming in um, and just different ideas for other films. Um, Bride of Frankenstein, yes, <laughs> The Wolfman, and Dracula, of course. So, and what a huge undertaking Dracula mm-hmm. will be because we've had some shitty fucking Dracula movies. 
you know, recently. So Dracula Untold was enjoyable though. Christian. No. <laughs> Is it enjoyable or, like way. Resident Evil Two was enjoyable? Yes. <laughs> What's the other was Dracula West Craven's Dracula two thousand? I believe. God damn it, Wes. Yeah, that, that movie sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it was Wes Craven Dracula too, because I had such high hopes for it and really being a universal guy, but man, that thing just sucked, man. It really it was it was trying to be a little like interview with the vampire, it just was too much. Mm. You know. So um but yeah, no, I I don't know. I love the, these properties and it does not make any sense no one can get them right, you know, at this point. So um I mean if you're if you're not focused on trying to be the next Marvel I, I honestly think Bloomhouse will just fucking knock this out of the park. Yeah, and you know, you don't have to be Marvel. Mm. You know, there's a reason why it's such a big deal. Marvel's doing what it's doing because no one else can do it. Um, and But their universe is always already built that way where it's interconnected. Mm-hmm. So the stories all cross over and make sense. You're trying to make sense of characters that don't necessarily, you know, need to exist together. Now... The Universal movies did it. They did monster mashup movies, you know, in the Wayne years of, mm. you know, their history. Um, but, you know, those are just fun movies that are thrown together and they don't give a shit about storytelling in those movies. You know, the characters show up for, you know, God knows what reason, mm. you know, half-baked, like, you know, ideas. And, you know, it just works because it's fun. It's all tongue-in-cheek. We don't need you know, we don't. We don't need them to worry about like, oh, well, how is this story going to work with this story? You don't need to put the puzzle together. Just let it be. Tell your story. You know, um, focus on what makes the invisible the invisible man cool. So, all right. So, so let's. God, you, you're gonna you're gonna have John Cena play the invisible man. <laughs> I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> I'm going to hit you with an attitude adjustment through this coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> if you bring up John Cena's name again. <laughs> oh, God. So, Christian, that does it for news. Really? That was a lot. <laughs> a lot of good news, though. Yes, a lot right? of great um, horror news that we have to look forward to. God damn it, man. I love me some horror. So, But that being said, we haven't said this in a long time. It's time for comics. Fuck yeah, it is. <laughs> I've read ten books. <laughs> but we're only talking three. <laughs> All right. So, here we go. Now, we have missed... Oh, God. It's been, what, almost a month since we've talked comics, really? Yeah. Yeah. So, we're not going to do a lot of backtracking here. No. We're just going to review what we want to review, current books. It's kind of be the new MO for this show, I think. We're going to try to limit it to, like, four or five books, hmm. you know... We, got, book we went sucks, crazy last year yes. sometimes. If a book sucks, we're probably not going to talk about yes. it, you know, um, and we'll drop more books, you know, quicker than we yes. did last year. <laughs> it felt like we hung on to some books that we were just both done with. I spent red. <laughs> I don't know why we're torturing ourselves. That book is still getting tons of fucking praise, but well, I, I agree. I agree with you. I love the first half, hated the second half. But anyway, speaking of the X-Men, uh, Uncanny X-Men Annual number one. So we did. You're not gonna read the blurb. I will read the blurb. Give me a second, oh, okay. man. Come on, I'm working up to something. <laughs> <laughs> so we did not talk anything that happened with the uncanny X Men. The whole disassembled arc. The X Men are gone. 
Yes. So X-Men wiped everyone out. We have no idea where they've gone to, but there are no X-Men left. This here is the story of the returning Cyclops, though. And the blurb says, Cyclops! And that's it. So, I'm sure my wife is calling the police right now. Uh, <laughs> As she should. Cyclops is not. So, um, yeah, he's not. But this kind of gives him a redeeming arc in a way. Yeah, yeah. So, how did you feel about the story? Um, you know, I'm fine. Now, tell the people up front. I'm not a huge Cyclops fan. No. No, you're um, not. But I will say... From this angle so far, I did enjoy kind of like who he is at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the fact that he didn't just go rush to help to save the X-Men and help save his species. Rather, he helped to save a person. I thought that was an interesting take on it. I liked his explanation for all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I agree with you. I, I like that he made the right choice. And that was mm-hmm. kind of the test that Cable put in front of him. Like he wants to make sure, like to see if he's ready. Um, the X-Men are facing off with Nate, you know, on the beach and everything mm-hmm. before, you know, they get, you know, demolished or I don't, we don't know what happens. I'm sure they're in another dimension or something yeah. right now. I'm sure Legion, you know, sucked them into some kind of dimension, just like a la, you know, Age of Apocalypse. But neither here nor there. They're in the midst of the battle. Cyclops wants to go help them. But at the same time, this scientist guy who he saved years ago, but helped bring him back to life is being attacked by, you know, this, you know, old college professor who's got a vendetta against him. Mm-hmm. He, the, I guess the guy locked him up for years. There was giant robots involved, whatever. Yes. So Cyclops <laughs> saved the day then. That's why the guy felt the need to help him out here. They gave him a Phoenix pacemaker, which was crazy. So um, that's how they brought him back to life. That's how they mm-hmm. explained, you know, him being brought back to life when the dark... A little calm. It's okay. (laughs) I've dealt with worse, though. So, but yeah. So when Phoenix brought him back during the whole Phoenix Resurrection Mm. um, storyline, you know, they inserted this little thing in there and helped him, you know, somehow return um, after the fact. Whatever. They could have just had him pop up and not explain anything. That's happened before, too. So, but uh, he's got this kind of like Sophie's Choice thing where he's got to decide, do I go help my friends or do I help this guy? You know, who's saving his family's being attacked. Cable's whole thing is he's been keeping him, you know, in his hideout for a long time, um, you know, because he didn't believe he was ready to, like, be part of this world again. Um, He had to make sure that, you know, Cyclops had the right motives. Because, of course, you know, we had the much more militant version of Cyclops the last time we Mm. saw him. Um, And he even talks about it, which I thought was great, where he talks about, like, how he became what he fought against for years where he put his species above everyone when he originally was all about the professor's dream you know all of a sudden he became almost a version of magneto so he became what everyone feared and what he feared so um sounds like someone actually dealing with his past problems yes crazy right and being (laughs) reflective you know Mm -hmm. um which you don't see much in comics nowadays so i i enjoyed that aspect and everything and i i do feel like he made the right choice Although I did want to see a scene where he was at least, like, afterwards, like, racing out the door to go save the X-Men. So, especially I, when the villain has such an easy, like, yeah. defeat point. Because it's like you defeat him and they're like, okay, I gotta go. And then, like, you know, jump in fucking, you know, a Quinjet or whatever, a Blackbird, and get out of there to go help the X-Men out. So I would have, I felt like those panels were missing. 
to see like you know cyclops like show up on the beach and everyone's gone you did see cyclops on the mm. beach but it wasn't like really t- like was that like right afterwards did he race over there so neither here nor there i guess overall i thought it was a good story um you know i i'm interested to see what this world now looks like without mm. the x-men and how long we're going to tell this story because from what we've seen in solicitations it's going to be cyclops putting together a team of x-men you know his own kind of team of x-men um to kind of you know fill in you know the role that's missing now you know by you know god they because they wiped out like a lot of x-men yeah like they were <laughs> called they made a huge call like people all showed mm-hmm. they had pixie like teleport all these like i mean c-list x-men you know to come help and they all got and the cuckoos were there yes everyone got wiped out so um you know all we know i think we saw cyclops with like wolverine and someone else i can't remember who's part of this team oh it was definitely a ragtag yes yes but it should be interesting Mm. so you know and there's a big hole to fill without the x-men you know part of the marvel universe right now so i don't know how long the arc's gonna go i'm guessing i'm I'm gonna speculate it's gonna be about a year though i feel like it's gonna be a while so if it's anything like age of apocalypse that lasted a while that was a good like maybe six months event so in all the books like changed titles and everything to kind of like you know and they we had individual titles about the age of apocalypse a lot of tie-ins um but they were good they worked with the story and they made sense so and they're kind of doing the same thing i think the the new book for age of x-man is um like called alpha or something like that which is exactly what you know mm-hmm. the first age of apocalypse book was so we'll see we'll see what happens there but yeah no i enjoyed the story i mean what how did you feel overall i know you hate cyclops <laughs> overall i didn't like hate him as a character in this book mm-hmm. and i'm interested to see where they're going to go with this because i'm like how do they handle fucking Gene and Storm and everyone fucking yeah. gone? I just don't know if they're going to get that for a while. I, I Well, when you say a year, I'm like, okay, I, I was expecting I, maybe a, long game a couple months. <laughs> I think they're a long game. I feel like it's going to be Cyclops who's the one who comes and saves them, mm-hmm. you know, somehow. Like, he figures out what's going on. Um, but I'm okay with the X-Men not being part of, you know, the Marvel Universe for a little bit. I mean, it's felt that way for the last couple years. Mm. So as long as it's a good story, and I'm interested by the story right now. So I wasn't down on that whole event, you know, disassembled. I thought in the long run, I mean, there's some slow issues here and there. I, I did enjoy the whole story arc, especially where it got us, because I feel yeah. like it's interesting. It does feel a little bit like rehashing, but as long as they got a good story to tell, I'm okay with that. Because it's a fantastic, I mean, that whole I just I didn't see fantastic. it going that direction at the end there. I thought, oh, they're going to, you know. I had an idea, but there's just because of solicitations. Hmm. Because I agree with you. Like, story-wise, I don't think they really kind of showed their hand. So, um, I don't know. It's 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 a curious route because they are trying to integrate the X-Men more mm. into the Marvel Universe. I would have liked to see, like, the Avengers and the other heroes, like, trying to figure out what the hell happened. Like, have at least a, a page or two <laughs> where you see busy. their response. <laughs> like, oh, the X-Men have all been wiped out. You know, they're like, whatever, okay. And now you've got the, also, you've got the mutant uh, cure yes. that's happening. So, that's I mean, good. what kind of world they're going to return to? And is Cyclops the one who's fighting that battle on the ground right now, you know, against that? So, should be some good stories, mm. you know. Um, but, yeah, so moving on, we've got the Avengers. Christian, would you like to read the blurb? Uh, featuring the Iron Fist of 
1 million BC. Andrea Sorrenti- Sorrentino joins series writer Jason Aaron, another flashback tale of the prehistoric Earth's mightiest heroes. Meet the primordial woman who was the first to harness the power of the heart of the dragon Shao Lao, becoming the very first Iron Fist. So this was like a one-shot mm-hmm. story, you know, really focusing on like the original Iron Fist, very much like the Ghost Rider story that we got. Yes. Um, but I gotta say, I enjoyed this story. I think it's weird timing, though, after that last issue. I don't know if, if you recall, but it was just like pretty much uh, Black Panther introducing that he has all these a- agents of Wakanda, you know, running I around. love that issue, though. I, I that did like it issue. in the end. I was surprised. I thought I was going to be like, oh, this is just a throwaway, but yeah, it no, turned out to be very interesting. So I thought that was a great issue. Mm-hmm. It does feel like it's kind of fucking with the pacing of the books, yeah. you know, because they keep on telling these, like, kind of single-shot, like, stories, these one-shot stories. Um, but I enjoyed, I did enjoy the story a lot more than the Ghost Rider story. Absolutely. Yeah, I more, thought it was great. way more than the And Ghost then Sarantino is the artist. I thought she did great work. Mm-hmm. You know, like, her stuff popped for me. Like, I really liked her art style. I'd like to see her, like, as a regular on this book. I think she'd be fantastic, really. So, mm. and I really, I I don't know if I've read anything that, you know, she's done before. But, I mean, just a great artist. So, I mean, I really, I love, I thought it was, like, some of the panels were just breathtaking. It definitely went in a different direction than I thought it would have gone for the Iron Fist storyline. Like, I'm thinking... You know, it's going to be something, a shroud of honor and all this type of business, but... No, you know, it's like a scarlet letter almost. Mm, like, you know, the fact it was a curse. Yes. Like, kicked her out and everything. It was just like, oh, yes. okay. So the story is basically, she somehow ventures outside of the walls of Kung Long, mm-hmm. and then um, she runs into some caveman for, like, getting killed by this, like, evil gorilla men-like creatures, mm-hmm. and she teaches them Kung Fu, um... Because they were nice to her. Because they were nice to her. Well, I thought, right, didn't they bring her, Some one of them brought one her flowers. flowers after the fact that she taught her. So, but anyway, they find out, the people, you know, the city find out. And apparently the, the city has existed, was is, you know, in existence even back then. So, um, but they find out and they're like punishing her and they're like killing all the cavemen that she taught, the, you know, the secret art to mm-hmm. Kung Fu. Um, and, you know, you know, throws them into a pit, which has, you know, our, our favorite dragon. Yes. <laughs> you know, and I can't remember Shao Lao. Shao Lao, is that it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Good for you, man. Shao Lao. So, um, she doesn't hesitate and jumps into the fucking pit and then fucking flies through the fucking dragon, goes through the mouth of the dragon and flies out the back of its head killing the dragon mm-hmm. one thing that i loved was how they would name the move that yes. she was doing on the panel as she was doing mm-hmm. it i thought that was great um you know it reminds me of kind of like what they were doing with dr strange like whenever he cast a spell mm-hmm. you know they show his hands and then say the spell underneath it i thought that was cool it just brought a different aspect so it's not just like oh he's doing his magic shit or oh she's just doing the martial arts um, you know, just made, you know, cause then you'll actually remember the moves later on, you know, it'll be a big deal when you see them. So, but, um, after she kills the dragon, she also has this power of the iron fist, but they're not impressed. They're like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you they killed her dragon. It's more of a curse. Like 
That's what the way they're seeing it. And she's cool with it, though. She's kind of like, okay, whatever. I'm done with you guys anyway. You know, seems like she's kind of an outcast anyway. So mm. I don't know. Her family's kind of turned their back on her and everything. So I think she's just fine venturing out on her own. You know, and it's and this is where it becomes kind of like the Ghost Rider story, where she's out there by herself and fending for herself and everything, but shows her she's like standing up for the weak and everything, and you know, defending you know these creatures, you know, and the the cavemen. Um, and, you know, eventually, who shows up? Mephisto. Of course. And um, she fucking gives him the rock treatment and says, it doesn't matter what your name is. Yes! <laughs> I thought that was amazing. She sure does, right? <laughs> What's your name? He goes to say, it doesn't matter what your name is. I popped for that moment. I was like, oh, someone's a rock fan. <laughs> Jason Aaron is definitely a wrestling fan. So, great moment, and she punches its fucking head off. Uh. Um, you know, of course, there's like 10 more snakes right after that, you know, and they're just taunting her. Um, what about the whole, like, so then she goes and she's like, I don't know how she gets there, but she ends up like facing off against that gorilla god. Yes, Mephisto is basically like, okay, well, if she went against me, I'm going to give the gorillas more power. Ultimately, yeah. gives them the power stone. Yes, he she, he gives the main gorilla, the leader, who at first has like this diamond club that she just, mm-hmm. you know, demolishes right away. But then, so he powers him up by giving him the power stone. Um, and then, you know, he beats the fuck out of her. But then the story kind of just like jumps into like, you know, basically her returning to Kung Lao and yeah. like, you know, standing at the gates. And they're greeting her this time, arms open, saying, no, come back. You know, be the the city's defender, blah, blah, blah. You know, this has worked out perfectly for for you, like, acting like they're doing her a favor, and she basically rejects them, you know. And then, you know, she's, you know, out there as the defender, you know, of Mm. these, you know, creatures now, um, and these, you know, cave people, you know. And then they, you know, of course, show, like, in the background, the, you know, BC Avengers. You know, she hadn't yet joined up with them, but obviously we know that it's going, you know, where they're going. I'm interested to see where, like, how all this ties together, especially since the next arc is going to be the Avengers facing off the fucking, you know, this whole, like, vampire, like, mm-hmm. war, civil war that's happening. So they're getting involved. We know that we found out in the book before that you've got a civil war happening between the vampires. And I guess it happens all the time, Odin says, every thousand years or so, but someone's trying to take um, Dracula's seat you know, at the throne of the vampires right now. So, um, and that's why they've recruited Blade. Yes. So Blade shows up in the last panel. And I think it's interesting that, uh, like, something that I thought was just going to be, like, a small story, a domino, is now actually becoming this big arc. So did they talk about this story? Yeah, because um, Domino discovers Morbius and is actually sent out to go protect him. Oh, interesting, because, yes, uh, they are, she, uh, what, uh, Wasp is has morbius mm-hmm. i don't know they're in space or something right and then she's flying with them and vampires are attacking her and everything like that so does wasp cross over from domino i haven't i haven't caught up on domino but i okay. have no idea what happens <laughs> so you feel like that all them. ties into yeah, what it's happening. interesting okay because they were Dracula talking trying about like to um, recruit morbius yeah. yes okay so domino's been dealing with the vampire problem yeah. in her books that's pretty cool. I want to. That's a fucking. Because you wouldn't think that it would like tie into Domino. No, though. yeah. So that's interesting. I wonder if Domino shows up at some point. 
That'd be cool. I think she works as an agent in Wakanda. I like the whole concept too of the mm-hmm. agent in Wakanda thing. Like, you know, he's like basically Black Panther is like starting his own shield. You know, he needs people on the ground. So he's recruiting all these kind of like C-list characters, mm. um, you know, to be part of it. But it makes perfect sense, you know, um, you know, because why wouldn't you need more of an infrastructure? Well, I love Captain her. America's reaction to it where it was just like, how do you have all this information? So quickly, like this shit just <laughs> happened. But he's got people everywhere. Mm. He's got fucking Kazar jumping into the ocean, fucking slaying dinosaurs and shit. You know, I mean, it's. It's good stuff, man. I, give me more of that from the book. You know, I'm kind of excited about this uh, Civil War with vampires, too. So, um, yeah, man. I, I enjoyed both of those books. So, 12 and 13 were really strong. Um, but, yeah, that being said, uh, next up we have Heroes in Crisis, number five. Uh, the secrets of the DC Universe are hacked. Sanctuary wasn't supposed to keep records, but now an AI is compromised. Uh, superhero secrets are leaking all over the net. Booster and Harley set aside their differences to focus on who they believe is the real killer, assuming one of them isn't lying. Uh, meanwhile, Batman and Flash continue to investigate the mysterious murderer. The answer can be found in the sanctuary, but is it safe to go digging in the crime scene? This feels like the blurb for the next issue. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because we didn't see Harley and Booster Gold, like, team up and putting their differences aside. We no. saw, like, the very initial confrontation. Like, it looks like she's about to go hit him, and it's even alluded With her to mallet. Her. Yes. Yeah. Like, Batgirl is trying to talk her down, and she keeps on talking, you know, well, I'm just going to massacre her. <laughs> it's like, no, that's still murder, Harley. So, that, yeah, that's interesting. So, it was number five. It was issue five, so I don't know. <laughs> Solicitations. Way. Anyhow, but yeah, um, what did you think of the book? Um, I think, for me, while I was reading it, it was one of the weaker issues that I've had so far with mm-hmm. it. Because um, last issue, for me, felt like a bridge issue. Mm-hmm. This is more of the same. You know, this is kind of like setting the board with all the pieces. Um, so I can agree with that. I mean, I think I could, I liked the previous issue a little bit more than this one. Uh, okay. I don't like... Booster Gold going after and doing the same plan as like it's like oh we're we're doing something so stupid that of course it'll work <laughs> but that felt so Booster Gold yeah so I know what you mean I don't like Booster Gold as a and then like high fiving so, yeah. you know over it I I don't know that is felt blue, true to character is was Blue Beetle usually like this because I didn't with Booster Gold okay. yeah Booster kind of brings out the worst in Blue Beetle <laughs> okay. even though he's like a successful scientist and business. Booster kind of, he's that friend, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> it kind of drags you down with him. So, um, yeah, no, I thought there was some good stuff in it. I like, mm-hmm. you know, I liked the interviews that were going on. Yes. There um, was a lot of good interviews. Um, they been throughout the, the whole series. Moment, where she's just like, fuck it. And you got a whole page just dedicated to it. I don't know if that was four or five, because I read them back to back. But Oh, that, I think that was four. Okay. I think that was four. I know what you're talking about. Um, I liked the Harley, the last page with Harley, yes. you know, where, you know, she's telling a joke and everything like that, that Mr. J has told her and everything like that. And then it kind of ends with her like somberly saying, and then he started hating me. Um, I feel like it's an aspect of the character that mm-hmm. people forget a lot of times. They're not Romeo and Juliet, you know, it's a horrible fucking relationship and seriously fucked up Harley. So I like that they're kind of like exploring that mm-hmm. and they might explore that in the other, you know, you know comics that harley's in 
But, you know, I think maybe I'm just coming from, you know, seeing, like, Suicide Squad, where they made them feel like, you know, yeah. Romeo and Juliet, and that's, <laughs> and not, like, Sid and Nancy like they really are. Um, so, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, overall, like, I thought it was a good issue. I like, I liked kind of what we're getting, and maybe it was kind of not earned well enough, where you've got, so in the issue, you've got them kind of reviewing the clues that they get from Flash. Mm -hmm. That's why they attack the Flash. It's because he's probably got some really good clues at this moment. (laughs) So let's go ahead and attack him and then solve the case for ourselves. So they attack him and they're looking at the screen and they're looking at Wally West. And for some reason, it seems like Booster Gold, like he mentions, you know, because he he worships heroes as, as a kid and everything like that. So he knows everything about them. For some reason, he's able to tell that this Wally West is not in the right time. Like, something's off about this Wally West. Um, you know, who's, like, laying on the ground dead. Mm-hmm. So then the next, you know, page or two, you see, like, a character on the beach picking up a rose, you know, and it's got a red glove. So I feel like they're kind of hinting that it might be some version of Wally West or something. We know the Flash is, like, to time travel. Or we're getting our first red hair, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing King is probably more of the latter where it's the first <laughs> red herring um, but I I like that it's a slow burn reveal I'm, I'm glad that it's not just like okay this is what's happening yeah. and then we've got three issues to resolve it I like that's kind of a slow burn you know um, but I agree we're not that much happened overall um, we didn't get the full confrontation between Harley mm. and you know Booster like it was a good tease to it but it's just like I feel like it's going to be resolved wise, in like a page yeah. or two too I like Batgirl's loyalty to Harley that she's still trusting her regardless. Mm. I liked how she basically um, interrogated Skeets. You know, she tricks Batman into mm. like giving her Skeets and everything. Um, you know, and like you know, you're you can fool Batman because you know that he's a good person. You know, deep down, and that he's not going to do anything to hurt you. Do you know that about me? <laughs> you know, I thought that was a cool line from Barbara. So, mm. um, but yeah, I mean. I don't know. I, I, I'm in it. You know, I, I, I really, you know, been loving this book and everything. And I, I'm sad that there's only, I believe they only three more issues to this is done. Are we? Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, it kind of is worrisome for me just because I don't know where it's going and mm. how they could resolve it so quickly. So, but maybe this is going to lead to something else. So that we don't know about, you know. <laughs> Because that happens to us a lot. I don't know. Because King's been pretty, like, one and done with a lot of his series. Okay. So. Well, we'll see. We'll see. So, yeah, it just feels like there's plenty more story mm-hmm. to tell. So, I don't know if three issues is enough, you know, for it to be, like, a satisfying conclusion. But I trust King. He, he's earned it, definitely. So. I feel like more of this will feel better if it's read back to back. Oh, absolutely. Went, yeah. Like we won't even you won't even notice that this was like oh the, well that's just one issue you mm. know not much happened because if you read it all together if it's collected yeah that's usually the case so I don't know man well that's gonna do it for comics, comics yeah. so, nice and simple yes and <laughs> we'll have do more of the same next week we're mm. not gonna try to catch up with everything you know we're just gonna read what we want to read you know? <laughs> fuck you if you got a problem with it <laughs> so. Uh, we're basically saying fuck Justice League at this point. So <laughs> <laughs> it's just 
It's too much. It's too fucking it's too much. much. It's too much. And not not too much. But we do it's promise too much fucking Justice League. Oh my god. Yeah. Um. But we do promise to try to pick up some more DC yes. books at least. Absolutely. I want to get into Batman. Yeah. So I think we're going to start talking some more Batman. You should be reading. Yes. Batman. Yes. And that's more King. So I'm all yes. about it. <laughs> All right, well, it's time to move on to wrestling. Yes. We got a lot more to talk about. Fuck yeah, we do. Sometimes you want to go where nobody knows your name. The Small Town Mentality Podcast with Ben and Austin. What's up, guys? Excuse me, it's ma'am. It is ma'am. It's your host, Ben and Austin, from the Small Town Mentality Podcast. And if you're some real cool dudes... Excuse me, it's ma'am. It is ma'am. Oh, my bad. We got to keep a PC for this promo. You can follow us on Twitter at... STM Pod on Instagram at Small Town Mentality Podcast and on Facebook at STM Pod. You can find us everywhere podcasts are played. Yep. So if you're some real cool dudes. Excuse me, it's ma'am. It is ma'am. My bad, sir. I didn't mean to call you that. Excuse me, it's ma'am. It is ma'am. I'll keep that in mind next time we have it up. <laughs> Come check us out. Small Town Mentality Podcast. Excuse me, I didn't even say sir that time. Then I started drinking more beer. And I started a fight. And the whole bar started fighting. I whipped everybody's ass. I threw them all out the door. Every single one right out the door. Finally, the bartender said, Stone Cold, Stone Cold, Stone Cold. And I said, what? He goes, why are you throwing everybody out the damn bar? I says, you dumb son of a bitch, I'm getting ready for the Royal Rumble. I said, I'm getting ready for the Royal Rumble. All right, man. We had a huge weekend of wrestling. Massive. Jesus Christ. I mean, I think the Royal Rumble is still going on at this point. <laughs> it was seven hours long. Uh, yes, yes, it was. What a bunch of assholes. And it felt like two separate fucking shows. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Because there was a point during the Women's Royal Rumble where I was, like, looking at the clock, like, holy shit, there's still, like, another, like, three matches left? And one of them is a fucking Royal Rumble match? Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus. I mean, I get. I mean, maybe there... Because the last few pay-per-views really haven't been that long. So maybe they're just doing it more for, like, the bigger, like, the big I four guess, pay-per-views. Yeah. They're going, like, seven hours. Because they definitely... The last two were definitely cut short. Compared to usual. And having two Royal Rumbles, I mean, obviously, mm. I mean, they're bigger matches. They're at least an hour long. So, um, I guess that makes sense. But they didn't, like, they didn't cut anyone's time, you know, during the actual, like, you know, all the single yeah. matches and tag matches. Which was good, yes. They gave gave them enough time to actually, like, put on a, a show and a, tell a story in the ring. So, I guess I can't complain too much. I mean, 10 o'clock came around, I was like, I'm happy that, you know, they gave everything time. But the Royal Rumble match still hadn't really even started at yeah. that point. And we'll talk about the pacing yes. after we talk NXT TakeOver. <laughs> yes. This was not too long. This was five matches. I think it was under three hours long yeah. total. Was, so And that's typical and half, typical NXT, mm-hmm. but I love it. They're straight to the point. So um, you get just quality matches. Um, first up, we had uh, the Tag Team Championships. Uh, we had War Raiders... Um, versus the Undisputed Era. I feel like Undisputed Era has opened the last, like, three or four NXT takeovers, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I guess they're the perfect, like, table setters. 
You know, they always put a fucking high-quality match on. But they're so loved, and I'm still waiting for, like, them to go back to being, you know, having all the titles, you know, um, kind of running the show again. Do you want them to go there, or do you... I, I feel like a call-up is coming soon for these guys. I see that, but I, just, I don't know what they're going to do with them on the main roster. I hope they dominate. Like, I would want... For me, I would put them on SmackDown and just have them. I mm. want all three of them, or four of them together, you know, and I want them just to dominate, you know. I mean, maybe, obviously, I don't think you put, Ad, like, the title around Adam Cole right away. Maybe give him, like, the U.S. title or something mm. like that. But they should all have belts right away to make them, you know, a legit threat. Now, they won't do that. They'll no. debut, you know, in some asinine way in the backstage. Um, and then, you know, we'll forget about them for three weeks. Then they'll have the match, you know, and they'll get over big. And then their next match, they'll lose, you know, and then they'll disappear for three months. <laughs> and I can't see that working for Undisputed Era. The only thing that protects them. No, it won't work. It doesn't work for anyone, for crying out loud. <laughs> so, but the only thing that will protect them is I think they're really huge on Adam Cole. Mm. So at least they recognize his talent. So maybe they'll help the rest of the guys. You know, I just hope that they don't bring them up separately. I want them all together as a faction. And there's such a big deal over NXT. Yeah. I don't see them not bringing them up as a faction. I think it would be weird. So, we'll see, though. I mean, I mean it's I McMahon, perfect, McMahon just... seems to hate factions nowadays. <laughs> so, Which is so crazy, because in the late 90s, it was all factions for like a good year or two. Where it's just gang warfare. Mm. You know, we had the fucking biker gang, we had fucking DX, we had the nation. Well, we do see things kind of like swinging back to the 90s at the moment. Yeah, so. yeah maybe. And people love factions, goddammit. So. Mm. Uh, but anyway, let's talk the match. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, there was an event. Um, I thought this was a great match. I really love the War Raiders style and everything. I thought they clicked well in the ring. Um, of course, they were with Undisputed Air, so mm. of course they're going to click well in the ring because those guys could wrestle brass. I felt like this match just highlighted the War Raiders throughout yes. the entire Yes, and that's what it was supposed to do, mm. which, I mean, tells you the talent of Undisputed Air at the same time. They know how to, like, make their opponents shine. Mm. Um, and I'm not giving all the credit to Undisputed Air, but... Um, the War Raiders are super talented also. I mean, they really, I mean, for big guys, I mean, they. I don't think they really have a tag team, you know, on the main roster mm. that can even compare, you know, even size-wise, right? see guys like that jumping off the top rope so comfortably over and over again. We're doing cartwheels into fucking yeah. cross lines. And... Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, but yeah, because they, uh, the... What are the bat? What, what the hell were they called? The, the heavy machinery? No, oh, no, no, the hammers. What the hell are they? <laughs> it's Eric Rowan and, and Luke Harper. Yes, I don't remember the stupid. Not uh, the Basham the, brothers. No, the bro- bro- Bludgeon brothers. Bludgeon brothers. That's right. <laughs> it's been like a good what almost six months now. They've mm-hmm. been gone. Um, and we'll more on that later because we had Rowan return. Yes, but uh, yeah, no, they, I feel like that's the probably the closest size wise to these guys. Mm-hmm. But these guys can wrestle like fucking, you know, 205 guys. <laughs> Just insane. So um, I feel like their like, time on NXT is going to be short. I feel like Vince is going to see the size of those guys mm-hmm. and want to bring them up sooner than later. You know, so I, I feel like both teams are not wrong for NXT. I mean, if they're going to take tag team wrestling seriously, that this is a team to definitely And that's up. the big rumor right now is that there's going to be this refocus on tag team wrestling. Just really, you know, because you have so many, you have so many like 
good tag teams out there. They're just not doing shit with them. Mm. They're treating them like, you know, the comedy act of the show. Um, it's unfortunate. So I, it seems like they realize that people enjoy tag team wrestling and you have great tag teams. Why not actually utilize them on your show? You know, make the product overall better. So crazy um, to use all your talent. Well, in McMahon, McMahon for years, I mean, I feel like he's always hated tag team wrestling, but like even the last like five, 10 years, it's really just been a vehicle to tell other like storylines, you know, to get, you know, a storyline from here to there. Um, you know, you've got so many mixed tag teams, you know, yeah. with, you know, mortal enemies teaming up together and or you just know. have the faces on one side and the heel. Yeah. Side. You know, just, you know, a tag team match just to get two angles out of the way mm-hmm. and kill two birds with one stone, that type deal. So, you know, people like fucking tag teams. God damn it. So hopefully, you know, it's good signs, you know, for things to come right now. Um, but yeah, no, hell of a match and War Raiders actually went over. So, um, Undisputed Era had these, I mean, they haven't lost much. I think they lost, right? They lost the belts to Mustache Mountain. Mm-hmm. And that was for a short while. Yeah, they quickly re- And then, yeah. Down, so they've back. had that those belts for a long period of time. So we'll see if it lasts with War Raiders. Um, what did, you, did you catch the referee coaching the War Raiders <laughs> no, during, their sub, during their uh, celebration? Yeah, I've never seen that before. If you watch it back, you can see like a referee on his knees outside of the ring coaching them while they're looking into the heart camera, like doing like, you know, the metal hands and like, you mm. know, telling them to bang their heads and shit. Um, it was a little awkward. I was like, <laughs> does this happen all the time on NXT? But I mean, I guess it makes sense. They're there to learn and everything. And I guess they weren't celebrating up to par for Triple H. So, um, but yeah, no, it was, it was, it was a, weird little moments that i caught so um something that you would never see on like the main product i feel like you don't need to coach that too much because i feel like that's such an easy like thing to get over but they were like literally because they would start to walk away and then you know they would pan back and those guys would be right back at it again you Mm. know so it just went on a little too long so you totally knew what was going on especially if you saw it um so it was a little awkward um, and their entrance was a little weird yes, too. It like it went on a little. Went too on long. too long. It took them too long to just come up the steps. I don't know what was going yeah, on. Yeah, I don't if know. It was cool or... if it just went a little more smoother. You know, I know mm-hmm. what they were going for with all the Viking guys on the stage and everything. Like that was pretty badass. But then, yeah, it went a little too long. But I guess that's why they're there to like learn. Mm-hmm. You know, the well, Hollywood side of the WWE. You you hear the announcers be like. I've never seen an entrance like this before, but it's like nothing. Like, yeah, it's just awkwardness for torches days. and Vikings guys dressed up. You know, jobbers dressed up like Vikings as these guys just kind of pose and bang their heads. So yeah, yeah, you see it every WrestleMania <laughs> when Triple H comes out. <laughs> Literally, um, I'm sure Triple H wants to come out of like semi-retirement just to like you know start a faction with these guys. <laughs> so. <laughs> Feels like it's like right you, up his like. Do you think they um, coached Matt Riddle to do the bros? No. When he comes, no, out. that's all him. <laughs> Come on, Christian, that's all Riddle. I think Riddle was doing the bros uh-huh. before. Yeah, so that was his gimmick. Um, but now, they, I mean, what they hated about Rob Van Dam is what they love about Matt Riddle, which is weird. It makes like no they sense. just made it like this is your gimmick. Go with it. So and I and like I said, it was. I think it was what he was doing on the indie scene, mm-hmm. but. It's a little much. It's a little too much. It's hard to take him seriously, you know. Uh, so, but speaking of which, next match: Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono. Thoughts, Christian? Uh, early pee break. 
Yeah, I don't know. Really? It's just there wasn't, you know, especially since it's their third match as well. Um, it was the blow off match, mm-hmm. but I thought it didn't do a great job showcasing Riddle. I think there was too much back and forth. Um, I didn't really get much out of it. And now we're hearing that Cassius Ono might be on his way out. We don't know if it's an angle right now, but I guess during NXT, like, taping, he said he was out of here, and then someone threw him out. Something's going on, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if they're going to start doing all these angles, and we'll talk about it more later, with, you know, all the buzz around AEW, and I don't know if they're trying to work the audience to think people are leaving, and that's going to be, like, one of their little, like, you know, inside angle things that they do with fans. Just to kind of, you know, get eyes on the product. It does. It does feel like a typical way that they would have a heel leave the company. But I don't necessarily buy it right now. Just because of all the other shit, you know, swirling around Mm -hmm. and out there. And we'll, you know, talk about some of those news stories that came out today. Um, But yeah, the the match didn't do much for me. I see the talent in Riddle. I think I'm just kind of over Ono right now in NXT. Um, I... I feel like I was ready for Riddle to have a different opponent, mm-hmm. you know, at this point. So I'm glad that he's going to be moving on to, you know, the next chapter of his NXT. Because like, he'll career. definitely be at the Mania takeover. So yeah, you would think so, but we didn't get um, uh, what's his name to, today? Dream today, yeah. Dream. Like it happened today. <laughs> like I said, the Royal Rumble's still going on right. right now. Um, yeah, we didn't get Velveteen Dream. So, but you'll get them at halftime heat. Yes, uh, <laughs> and we'll talk this later. But I got some spoilers about Valent- uh, Velveteen Dream. Okay, so um, something that happened at a taping that might have happened at a taping I thought was interesting. But uh, all right, so moving on, the North American Championship: Johnny Gargano versus Ricochet. All right, uh, easily my match of the night. I agree, hundred um, percent. Just Ricochet and Gargano went. Completely. You could tell that they have a history together. They mm-hmm. worked a lot together, and I mean the chemistry was there. I mean, the, I love the first like four or five minutes of the match where they're just like kind of working a ground mm-hmm. game, but still Ricochet started you know flashes shit, and then all of a sudden like it was just you know craziness. Um, great spots, great back to back and forth. Um, it you know it was definitely my match of the night. You know? I love the like you know, the story there where it's like. What Gargano are we going to get? Yes, and he actually asked that in the middle Mm -hmm. of the match and everything. Yeah, I thought that was a nice touch. Um, You know, did you catch Johnny? And this might just be a nerd reading into shit. Did you catch Johnny's uh, ring attire? I didn't know what it was myself. So look at Johnny's ring attire. Uh And then look at Ciampa's ring attire. So Johnny is rocking like a dark red Mm -hmm. and yellow ring attire it's the same color scheme as the dark phoenix and his logo is actually on fire like his typical like uh, is actually on fire and then champa is wearing fucking wolverine blue and yellow and black check out the ring attire like i said it might huh. just be the nerd in me but the dark phoenix thing totally works for where johnny is right now mm-hmm. so um and if they're Going back to, you know, the horrible X-Men movie, <laughs> it's Wolverine who puts, you know, Dark Phoenix out of her misery in that mm. movie. So, I don't know, man. Especially when you have that scene where they're, like, standing next to each other. You know, at the end, spoilers. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know, man. Take a look at it. 
Take a long look at it. Like I said, it's just I'll my look. nerd eyes. I was trying know? to figure out, like, because he usually comes out with a different character. Mm-hmm. Like, as his design. So I was like, I don't know what he is this I'm pretty guy. sure he's Dark Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I, feel, I feel like he's referencing Dark Phoenix here. So, um, and I feel like Champa's definitely giving us a little Wolverine. So, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, we're totally going to look at it after, after the show. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I'm going to make you a believer, Christian. <laughs> uh, but yes, great match, and Johnny went over here. Yes. So we had another title change. Um, I could watch these guys wrestle a whole fucking six-month program, mm-hmm. though. Like, I hope this goes on to Mania. Like, I want to see them again, which is like two, three months. So I could I could definitely see it going that far. Yeah, but I, I feel like there's going to be more oh, more time. I almost forgot my spoilers. So, on an NXT taping, Velveteen Dream beat Johnny for the belt. Oh. But they did something interesting. They shot two different endings to the match. So apparently at first they had him go over you know, um, and celebrate winning the belt. But then they restarted the match. I don't know if they had the guys go back and come back out. And they like kind of redid the whole finish with Johnny going. So I don't know if it's their way. It's been weird to be there. Yes, right. I don't know if it's their way. And they've done this before when SmackDown was taped. They would like restart matches, like if a if a finish was botched or something like that. Mm. Um, but I've never seen them do like something you go this far with it, where like I don't know if it's their way of trying to protect spoilers from coming out. Um, you know, which is a totally new way of doing things. Like, I mean, that's what movies do, where they mm. shoot, like, you know, a couple different endings to, like, keep it from leaking. So, um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. So, Johnny might not be champ for long. It might be Dream's belt right now, and we just don't know it yet. So, it's mm. interesting, you know, because Dream was not on the card, no. except, you know, he shows up at the end. Um, and they're going to have the little halftime heat show, which I think is awesome. Um, it reminds me of the late 90s where they did that with you know, Mankind it, and it The It is Rock. better than what's going on in the halftime. Show, yeah, oh, absolutely. So. 100%. <laughs> 100%. So I don't even know who the musical guest it's is. It's Maroon 5. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> There's still a band? Yeah. Who's Oh, that's what's-his-name, right? Mm. The guy that everyone loves. He's on all the shows, yeah, right? I don't remember his name. Okay, I don't know whatever. Well, fuck that guy. <laughs> and the halftime show. So I, I will definitely be watching halftime heat. So, uh, but yeah, no, I, I thought it, fantastic match though. I, not, like I said, even with title change, I hope that these guys work a program for a while. Mm. So, uh, what do we have next? Uh, next we have Shayna Baszler going up against Bianca Belair. I thought this match was good. I thought it was better than I thought it was going to yeah. be. Um, Bianca's definitely green still, mm. um, but I mean, she definitely, you know, I don't know. She, she's got a lot of promise in the ring. Um, I could see big things for her. I was very impressed with Shayna in this match though. I felt like she's really coming into her own. Mm. Um, you could see that she was really leading the match and for, I mean, she's been in the ring for how long? And the fact that, you know, they're giving her, you know, that kind of responsibility in a match like this, that's, you know, a pay-per-view. Um, is huge. So, um, Shanna, Shanna, of course, wins. Yes. But, um, yeah, you can definitely see a lot that she was kind of helping Belair throughout the entire match. You know, and, and she did, had a hard job because, you know, she had to continue to make her look strong because she's had this complete mm-hmm. undefeated streak and everything. I didn't like the clapping back and forth, by the way, but 
beyond that, everything yeah. was fine. Yeah. The whole you're overrated and I'm undefeated was yeah. a little annoying. But yeah, that was a little annoying. I absolutely I loved that. every time um, Belair was getting up during the submissions. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, wow, she's fighting through this. Because her strength is, like, a big part of her yeah. character and everything. So, I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen much of Belair, honestly. Um, just a few matches here and there. Um, but, yeah. No, I was impressed with her, though. I mean, I definitely feel like she needs to be on NXT for a while. Yes. You know? Although I feel like Shayna Baszler will be called up at the end of the year. Mm. I don't see her staying there for much longer. So, um, I feel like, you know, after Mania, either she's going to be an opponent of Ronda or, you know, be teaming with her for a while. So, depending on what happens there. So, but yeah, no, I was impressed. I definitely was impressed. I mean, the fact that she was able to call the match and really lead her through it, you know, at such a young age and everything. Because she... I mean, we're talking like last year when we were talking about her matches that mm. we can see that you know she's still green. We're basically talking her like we're talking about her like we were talking about like Belair right now. So I mean, that's a lot of you know progress in a year. You know, so very impressive. Now we just need the rest of the team to pick it up. Yeah, yeah, and they're tagging together now mm. on on the show. So I mean, hopefully they're quick learners like their friends. So, <laughs> um, but next up we have the main event. Yes, uh, Tomasa Champa mm-hmm. versus Alistair Black. Yes, yes. I still want to say Ciampa. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It looks like Ciampa. I get mm-hmm. it. Um, but yeah, uh, great match. You know, yes, it was very good. Great match. I really. I, there were plenty of moments where I thought Alistair was actually going to come. And that's out of what this. you want out, out mm-hmm. of a main event like this. You want to believe that anyone can win. Um, you know. Going into it, I was like, oh, Ciampa's going to hold on to that belt. It's not time yet. You know, I, I feel like no one's taking that belt off of him until Johnny does eventually, until the storyline completely plays out. But, like, I definitely, at moments, were like, oh, shit, is Black going to win this belt? You know, like, is there a possibility? Because Black's another one who I feel like is not long for NXT. You know, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he was called up, you yes. know, after next pay-per-view. You know, like, if he was in WrestleMania. Um, so I, you know, I, I really, I was impressed with this match though. They got a decent amount of time, um, and they told their story well, um, and they had really good chemistry together. I don't know how often they've been in the ring. Um, I don't know their like indie history, if they've had any with each but other. But I know, well, I, they, I mean, obviously he lost the belt to mm. him, but I, you know, they had really good chemistry together. So I, I really did enjoy the match. Um, Black looks legit, you know, and he looks like a star. Mm-hmm. I worry about Ciampa just coming up to the main roster and just being a mid-card guy because I feel like he deserves better. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But I Not mean, that he wouldn't make the mid-card scene interesting. But. He would. I just feel like he deserves more. Mm. Like, I just want to see him, you know, dominating. I want to see this character, you know, up there on SmackDown or Raw and just dominating, you know. But we'll see. We'll see. You know, I don't trust McMahon at all. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. So, but yeah, overall, what would you rank this pay-per-view out of um, five stars as always? I give it a solid 4.5. I, I really, oh, really? enjoyed myself throughout the pay-per-view. I didn't say, you know, it wasn't perfect, but it wasn't anything that I would give it a down to. I can't find anything that I didn't like other than... I think Riddle the Matt versus... Riddle match, and even though I enjoyed the Baszler match and Belair match, I just... It just wasn't up to snuff with some of the other, like, you know, women's matches that we've seen mm. in the past year. 
So for me, it was probably like three and like three quarter stars. Like, you know, like. Really chopping up that star. Yeah. Hey, whatever, man. (laughs) Whatever. Meltzer can do it. I can do it. So, I mean, it was a damn good show. Mm -hmm. I just feel like the last like four like NXT like takeovers, it was like, you know, on the bottom of the list for me. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. But damn good. I mean, check it out. Obviously. So, uh, on to the Rumble. Yes. Christian, did you watch the pre-show? <laughs> yes, I uh, just I had the time to do it, so I did. Thank you, because I did not. Honestly, I came in at the last hour of the pre-show, so I don't know what the fuck was on before that. Okay. I saw all the matches. That's weird. <laughs> was it just them? Are they counting the little panel as part of the pre-show? Yes. Oh, they always count. They count that as part of the pre Okay. Mm. Yeah, so probably it was and that. I know, talk. like, they had Booker T and HBK. Yes, um, and, and then they switch people out of circles. Do they? Mm. Okay. Okay. Whatever. So. Seven fucking hours, man. <laughs> um, but anyway, so what did you th- what happened here? We got Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. Uh, do they even have an official name? Um... I think they just go by like the glorious team, like oh. some shit like that. Ugh. Nothing should be like the Glory anymore. Boys or something like that. But <laughs> something they went horrible. over Scott Dawson and Razor, which they were. What the f- is? Uh, oh, one of the um, whatever guys are actually AOP is actually yeah. injured right now, so they just want just... to give you know, basically Dawson a, a payday. I is guess. that what's going on? I don't know. They want to help the revival out and at least hey, we got half of you on. They the show. did not work well as a team. Okay. And was that part opinion. of the story? Um, no. I, I no, when I saw that, I was like, oh, God, they're going to win the belts. I was like, when whenever they do something cute like that, I feel like they always, that team always ends up winning the belts. I don't just know. I just didn't feel chase. like any type of chemistry between the two of them or anything like working well together. And they've worked a lot against each other, so mm. I'm kind of surprised, but it is a weird pairing. But they're also, yeah, they're up against Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, and it, it was super fast. There was nothing much. talking shit about Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. I don't, I don't believe in them as a team. Really? <laughs> I think they work well together. I just hate that Bobby Roode is like stuck in this position. Mm-hmm. You know, and I do want more for Chad. But, I mean, I feel like they do click well as a team. I just, they haven't given me a reason to care about them yet. You know, and they never give them enough time. This felt like something that belonged on the pre show. Yes. Yes. So, well, yeah, I, I can agree with that <laughs> just looking at it. So, so yeah, so Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. Yeah, six the glorious and 55 ones. seconds. So okay. Just quicker. In and out. So, next up, we had Nakamura versus Rusev. Um, and match wise, it was fine. It was gimmicky. Um, you know, they have Lana kind of interfering a bit. Interfere. She gets injured. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, helps tell the story of the women's Royal Rumble later on. Um, but then you actually had Nakamura go over here and win the yes. title, which I feel like he just lost the belt. I think it was New Year's, right? Mm. It was the New Year's Eve uh, show yeah. of SmackDown. So, but yeah, so he wins the belt again, which I kind of, that caught me off guard. But then on SmackDown, you actually had R-Truth defeating Nakamura <laughs> and fucking Rusev. In the same night. In the same night. You know what? I'm going to defend it for a second, okay? I didn't think it was that bad. And I like that it was something different. I don't... And this is because I've lost all hope for Nakamura (laughs) at this point. So I was kind of happy for R-Truth. 
you know, just, you know, that he's getting a bone and that they're, you know, at least recognizing Off of a bogus him. pin. It was, in a, it was a pin. It wasn't a bogus pin. It was a pin. It was a roll of pin. So it's fine. You know, Any it other counts. match that looked like two. That, whatever. It was a good pin. <laughs> so, but then he beats Rusev and everything. And then you have Rusev turn heel out of nowhere and starts helping Nakamura beat the shit out of R Truth. Now it looks like they're teaming together. Mm. Um, they're supposed to go against the Good Brothers, I think, on the next SmackDown. So it's like just like shotgun booking at its finest. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if they just didn't have faith in you know Rusev as a face anymore, or just didn't think it was working. I like the teaming though of Nakamura. Just, I've and always Rusev felt together. like Rusev's been in that like is he a face or a heel position? For but this a while. was he was a straight face. Like he's he was being booked as a straight ever since what's his name turned on him. Um, Aiden English. Aiden English. He's been a straight face. So yes, he has been on that like in betweener like before then. But no, he's been a straight face since then. So um, yeah, I don't know. I like the teaming of Nakamura and. You Rusev think together. they will like reach a like successfulness like the bar at a certain point? They could. They have potential to. Mm-hmm. I mean, God knows Vince loves the gimmick of the foreign heels. So um, and I feel like they would have good chemistry as a team. But I don't have any faith in, like, what they're doing with the tech division on SmackDown right now just because Shane and Miz have those belts. I'm hoping it's not for long. I feel mm. like it's just an angle for WrestleMania, um, you know, but just kind of puts everyone else, like, in a weird oh, position. Yeah. Yeah. You've got all those tag teams. And Shane's kinda... totally coast-to-coasting the dead. Oh, God, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and stop showing that guy. He doesn't want to be there. You can totally tell. <laughs> You know, like Miz is having to talk him into it. He just looks like a deer in headlights. It's it, so it, just, it looks like you know, like a seven year old like trying to get his like dad into something. You know, yeah. like get his dad's attention. Oh my god! So yeah, but anyway, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But yeah, I I was happy for Archie. I really was, and I like the surprise aspect of a title win like that. So. I just... It, they haven't... I feel like for... A year ago, Nakamura years. was fighting AJ I'm over Styles it, man. For the time. I'm over it. I'm not over it. I'm over it. I want him to finish out his contract and he leaves and goes somewhere else. Well, that, that Okay, that I can agree with. So, I just... I guess I'm just done. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm just accepting that it's over. I'm in, I'm in that stage of denial now where just acceptance... But that's the thing. I don't think he's going to leave. I think if, like, AEW offers him a good enough contract and an opportunity to actually, you know, wrestle, you know, his style, I think he would take it. But mm-hmm. it's got to be a good enough contract. So, I, he can't be happy with how he's being booked. I just don't, I don't imagine how you go from the king of strong style to this. Yeah. No, it is disappointing. It is disappointing. He did that match against Rusev where he dropped the title so I was hoping to get like more of a feud out of them, but welcome to the WWE. Mm-hmm. So uh, next up, Christian got the two hundred five live boys: Buddy Murphy, Akira Tozawa, Hideo Itami, and Callisto going up against each other. And it was a pretty solid match. I I enjoyed it. It was a lot of just fucking action going back to back to back. Uh, Buddy Murphy looked fucking great throughout this match. Mm-hmm. Um, so Did he look like he weighed two hundred five? No. <laughs> He looks like he's maybe 215. Okay. Okay. Because I was going to say, that guy looks so much bigger. Like, just whenever I'm... I was like, how is he in this 
you know, but whatever. No, but I... He's putting in awesome matches. Each person had enough time. I think Callisto was the one with the least amount that I saw anything too interesting out of. I was, like, for a couple years, I felt like they were going, like, just on the verge of pushing him big time, mm. and it just always, you know... I remember that ladder spot where yes. they would show that over and over and over again. It was amazing. It was, but, but then... they never... They get cold feet with him for some reason. I don't know why, because it felt like they were really kind of, like, I don't know, like tailor him to take over mm. that like Rey Mysterio. And then they have him in this gimmick for Lucha House Party. Like he had, I mean, he had some horrible promos though. Like, mm. or I'm sure that might be the reason why. I'm sure you can find him on like, you know, any any of the YouTube channels. <laughs> so, but yeah, there's a lot of horrible like Callisto like promos out there. So maybe that was why they got cold feet. Um, but yeah, each guy got their own time. Um, Buddy Murphy came out on top of all of them. So, okay, and then we heard that what's his name is actually leaving. Yes, uh, Hideo is on Tommy his way out. Good for his... fucking him because he deserves the way better than everything he's gotten in this guy. I mean, his injury did hold back whatever pushes that he was originally going to get. It, it really sounds like it was going to be him, you know, you know, getting that title. Mm. Um, you know, and then Finn kind of like took over his spot once he got injured. So, and then he was on the shelf for a long time. But when he came back, it just never was the same. They yeah. never, like, recaptured that lightning in the bottle for him. So, um, it just, I, I know there's a lot of, like, stopping and starting with him. So, it is disappointing. I would love to see him go to another company in America. Just get to be that full Kenta character again where he's just a badass that just comes and beats do up Do you people. feel like he goes back to Noah or do you feel like he stays stateside? Um, I mean... I can see New Japan picking up, but I don't know much about Noah. So with New Japan, it's interesting because I did not know about this until I just read about it. There is like such thing as like super brand loyalty. Like the guys like tend not to jump to other like, you know, you know, wrestling organizations. So um, and when they do, it's like a big deal. But maybe since he's got WWE as kind of a buffer, maybe it's okay. Because that is a big name that they can mm-hmm. totally pick up. But I wouldn't be surprised if like Ring of Honor goes after him or AEW yeah, also. Absolutely. And Ring of Honor definitely could use him right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, yeah. I mean, he's gonna get work regardless, you know. So, but good for him. You're right because he was doing shit on the fact that they even put him on two hundred five when he had so much buzz around him when he came in. They had Hogan go fucking pick him up. You know, like part of the press conference and everything. The dude had so much buzz around him. And for it to like end like this, man, it's sad. So it shows you how quickly things mm. turn around. Um, but yeah, yeah. All right, well, on to the actual main uh, card. Yeah. Um, we have Asuka versus Becky okay. Lynch. Um, I was not surprised at all that this was the first match of the pay-per-view. I thought it made sense. Um, booking wise for you know what we thought was to come mm-hmm. um and it kind of played out the way we thought it was going to play out um what i will say i was disappointed with the finish um just i don't like seeing you know my most over wrestler tapping mm-hmm. out at any point well i was expecting like them to go the same route that they were doing with Shayna baszler and bianca belair i was expecting that pass out type finish mm-hmm. where you keep your character that's supposed to be the keep her strong doesn't give up not giving up i mean i'm fine even with like a roll up or like just you know getting caught you know um that's fine i just hate seeing the tap out 
it was a hell of a fucking match. Mm-hmm. You know, it's definitely up there for me for match of the night. Um, super hard hitting. Like I want to see them work again. Uh, I felt like it definitely helped Asuka, you know, kind of concrete, you know, her spot, mm-hmm. you know, on SmackDown as champ. So and got her steam back. I mean, what at she least. what she fails at, I mean not fails, but like struggles with on mic, she just brings it all back in with the ring. I just love her screaming in Japanese mm. over and over again at her during the match. You know, I want to see more of that, like in the promos and shit. Like go back to the early NXT days with her promo wise, you know, just let her mm. be this berserker, like, you know, a character who's just terrifying. So, um, she, I mean, I don't know. This was a great match. It really was. The only problem I had with it was the finish. But, like, I loved how hard-hitting was. I loved the, I mean, that last sequence into the finish I thought was phenomenal. Where they're kind of, like, doing each other's, like, submissions mm-hmm. and rolling around and reversing shit. You know, some great, like, fun chain wrestling where it kind of kept you on the edge of your seat. Um, you know, so. Yeah, but there's going to be more to come with the man. Um you know, uh, speaking of Asuka, though, what I was disappointed with, and this kind of goes into everything that happened, she was on SmackDown. There Just, was no, there's nothing. So, yeah, I didn't see any articles. So, because you would think that Becky would address what mm-hmm. happened, you're not going too far into the card, but you would think that, you know, she would address, you know, Asuka and want to rematch with her, but she wasn't even on there. She wasn't even on there. So, I thought that was kind of shitty. I was like, why? You know, and SmackDown overall was a good show this week, and we're not going to actually go through full results for SmackDown and Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, since we have the pay-per-view, we'll kind of talk about things that happen afterwards. Um, but, you know, while, while talking about the matches. But, yeah, no, I thought it was a good SmackDown, but I didn't understand that decision. Because I felt like you finally got, you know, Asuka back where she needed to be. You know, even more so than after she won the title. Because if you look at the way she won the title, it was really due to Ronda, mm-hmm. you know, interfering. But now she's kind of rebuilt, but then you did nothing with her. You didn't showcase her at all on SmackDown. At least give her my time or whatever and talk some shit to Becky. So, um, you know, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where they go with her, you know, in that title now. With everything that's played out, you know, uh, with the rest of the card and on Raw. Yeah, I'm, I am a little worried about where they're going to go with Asuka. We'll point. see. I feel like I, she, I hope she carries that belt to Mania and I hope she gets a featured match. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but yeah, so okay. Moving on, we had The Miz and Shane McMahon, the greatest tag team in the world, I believe is what they're going by, sure. um, versus The Bar. Christian. I, I didn't get much from this. I could give a damn about this match. <laughs> I'm so overseeing Shane McMahon. Mm-hmm. So I'm just done with it. And he's so gassed at the end of the fucking match. He looks like he's gonna die. Like, I just don't need... And I know he's he's a draw for them. He really is. Like, people are into him. You know, I, I guess it's more casual fans because I hear more of, like, what we're kind of saying with him, you know, just online. But, I mean, he still gets a big pop and shit. Um, you know, he drew for them big time when he came to the, the one WrestleMania against Undertaker. Mm-hmm. When he was announced on the card, like, tickets started fucking flying. Okay, but that's so, where it should stop. I know. I know. I know. I don't want to see him as a regular wrestler. And I know it's just leading to a feud with The Miz. Um, I just sooner than later. Yes. Because they're really going to really cause a stalemate on in that tag team. I feel like you've got so many like good up and coming teams right mm-hmm. now to get over. Um, 
because it is really a strong division if you look at it on paper it's a damn good division on smackdown it's just you know they're choosing to like showcase the same like three teams and then now you've got miz and you know shane o'mac you know holding those belts so i feel like no one's really going to get over on them until you know one of those two turns on each other mm. so and i don't want to see mrs dad on camera again <laughs> I know that was the main point of the whole storyline. It wasn't a good feel-good moment for me. I don't know. It did nothing for me. So. It's weird to see Miz in full face mode again. Yeah. At the moment. Miz just for me, you know, and I love Ric Flair at any point, you know, of his career face or heel. But he kind of, it's the same problem that Flair has as a face. He just doesn't. You don't trust him at any point, mm-hmm. and he's such an arrogant character. You don't want to lose that. That's why you love him is his arrogance and everything. So Miz is even more like he's arrogant times like a thousand. So it really it's hard to really get into the character without that factoring in. Um, so I don't know. I hope they keep that about the character while like pushing him as a face. You know, um, but I I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I do you think right now. Like, for me, this is definitely the WrestleMania match. Mm. You know, Shane versus Miz. I feel like that's going to end up being the Mania match for those two. Do you think it's Miz who turns on Shane? Or do you think it's Shane that turns on Miz? Do they I, do something different? I still think it's Shane going to turn on Miz. You do? I hope so. And holding Miz. Because that's Miz. the more interesting storyline mm. to me, honestly. Um, but I feel like it's going to end up, they're, they're going to, you know, get cold feet once again, and they're just going to do the predictable thing. Mm. Miz turn on Shane. Not that that can't be enjoyable. I mean, I can see Miz like ripping on his whole family, the children, and everything. You know, I just feel like that's even out of character though for him because he's so cowardly. Is he gonna attack his boss's son? You know, I feel like they won't put any of the focus on Vince though. Yeah, I don't know. Just McMahon's been on like Vince has been on SmackDown a lot recently, so maybe he kind of steps away to kind of this play out because i don't see how he doesn't comment on it or maybe vince makes miz the son he never had that'd be awesome (laughs) i could dig that if they go that route with it where like miz becomes like like vince like disowns shane and starts Mm. calling miz his son and everything and he slaps his dad (laughs) in the ring His poor, like, you know, bewildered I'm just dad. imagining Vince calling the Miz awesome. Because really, just... I mean, what a shitty dad. Like, I mean, basically all these promos are talking about how shitty Miz's dad is, though. He's never said he's proud of him. He was fucking WWE World Champion, for crying out loud. He's been there on the show beforehand. We know that he's been he's, he's never said he's proud of me. Like, come on. Get the fuck out of here. If that's true, what a shitty dad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do we got next? Uh, next, we have Ronda Rousey going up against Sasha Banks for the Women's Raw Championship. So for me, this ties with Match of the Night. Okay. I really actually... This was a phenomenal match, yes. so I don't blame you. Yes, I really dug this match. Um, I thought they had great chemistry together. Once again, I felt like the gloves were off in this match. Mm-hmm. They were going at it. You know, they it had a sense of realism to it, like how hard they were hitting and shit. You know, they're definitely stiff, um, but they had great sequences. I felt like they clicked well. There's good chemistry in the ring between these guys, who I can't imagine wrestling against each other much mm-hmm. at this point. And it made me remember once again 
why I love Sasha Banks because we haven't seen this version of Sasha Banks in a long time. I feel like it's been a year or two yes. at this point. So, I mean, she felt like a serious threat to Ronda's like, title. Um, you know, so I want to see this version. I want to see more of this version of Sasha. Um, so, I don't know. And I know she's going to end up, you know, being part of the whole Elimination Chamber mm-hmm. uh, match for the women's tag titles, which is fine, whatever. But, like, I almost want to see her turn on Bailey sooner than later, just so we could get another fucking epic feud between those two. I've been waiting for it for three years, Christian. They have to fucking give it to me at this point. Do they? <laughs> no, they don't, because they hate me. <laughs> they fucking hate me. This big um, man doesn't even know me and he hates my guts. Did you think Sasha was going to attack Rhonda at the end? Because I was, like, waiting for it. Yes. I did that whole back and forth, and then she leaves, and then she comes back and flashes the four. Like, yeah, that was a little weird. I was Mm. like, where are you going with this? Um, So the crowd was weird in this match. Like, I believe they were chanting, you can't wrestle at Ronda at one point in the very beginning. And then she actually, like, answered them. I'll show you I can wrestle. And then she started doing the three amigos. I thought that was a really fucking Mm. nice spot. Um, And she handled that really well. Um, what she didn't handle well was the night after because she got berated in the ring on Raw. I had you watch the clip, you know, before we started the show. Like, it was like Roman from two years ago after WrestleMania. Like, I mean, they were just booing the shit out of her. I was like, what has she done to, like, earn this, like, heat from the fans? I don't understand. I don't know if they were just really hoping that Sasha would go over or if it's just, you know... Her versus Becky is the reason why, you know, they're, like, so, like, down on Ronda. Because, I mean, just a month ago, I felt like she was still over. Like, I felt like she was almost the second most over character on in WWE, really. I mean, I would like to think that it's because of Becky at this point. Yeah, because, I mean, her matches are fucking good. I don't have mm. a problem with her in the ring at all, especially with being, she's less than a year at this point. So I can't complain with her ring work at all. Um, and I felt like Sasha brought out even more out of her. I thought it was a fan. I thought it was one of her best matches. Mm-hmm. Like, if not her best, like I put this with like on par with Charlotte and Ronda. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if the the crowd is just over with it. Do they feel like they're handing her too much? Do I mean, feel like it's a... the winning streak. Because you, do... I, I feel like it's just because because you have Becky over here, pretty much blasting her every chance that she can, and she is. Red fucking hot. So you think it's just the Becky factor? Right yes. Now. So if Becky was in the picture, you think they'd still be? I think they'd still be Ronda. a little bit more. Because there side. was, you remember the match at the women's revolution match or evolution match? They um, it was her versus um, Nikki mm-hmm. Bella. There was a point where it became fifty fifty. Like there, there was a lot of people actually cheering for Nikki at one point, which I thought was odd. And I was, you know, kind of speculating, is Ronda too cocky in the ring? The way she's kind of manhandling the other wrestlers. Um, I feel like she's toned that down Mm -hmm. since. So, um, I don't know if it's just she hasn't faced too much adversity. Like, you know, like you're not seeing her, like, having to struggle in these defeats. It feels like she's, you know, since they don't, like, besides Charlotte, you don't see her get beat down much. No. You know, and then we never got that match, that rematch with Charlotte. So you don't see her having to, her, having her to like overcome anything. Mm-hmm. So I mean, because it, it it does like if they continue this pace, which I hope they don't, it would be like Cena booking from you know the the early two thousands. 
where he's just going over and over and over again, where you know how each pay-per-view is going to end with Cena standing tall in the middle of the ring. I don't think it's going to last like that too much longer. I hope not. I hope that they're not too precious with like a win streak or her like getting pinned. Mm-hmm. Um, the tag match that they had before this with her and uh, Maddie versus Sasha and Bailey was the first time that Ronda actually lost a match. You know, it was a tag match and she didn't get pinned, but it was the first time that she was ever on the losing end of a match. So, you know, I feel like they need to have her lose sooner mm. than later just to kind of get that, you know, off of her. Like, get that. Because like, I do feel like that might be in the forefront of some, you know, fans' minds where they feel like, right or wrong, they feel like she's being handed shit. Um, you know, because I, mean, I feel like she's earned her stripes mm. at this point. You know, I, I think she's doing very well. And I'm kind of just. When I see that cocky character, though, I think she's going to be a fucking phenomenal heel. I yes. Her. Yes. And maybe that's what they need to do. Maybe they need to turn her heel at mm-hmm. this point and let her be that cocky character and just let her be a monster. So, um, you know, and we'll talk more about the promo in a little bit that she cut um, on Raw the next night. But yeah, no, great match, really. I mean, the women's show for me yeah. on the Rumble, once again. I mean, that's kind of how it was last year. So... All right, what do we got next? Uh, we have the Women's Royal Rumble. So, I will say that the first five, ten minutes of the match I felt was very clunky. Um, they had a lot of NXT call-ups, and mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not putting this on the NXT girls' shoulders at all, but what I'm saying is it felt like there was not as much chemistry because you had people, you know, working with each other for the first time. Mm-hmm. So, they just didn't know each other well, and it's dangerous in these types of matches where they can become clusterfucks basically. So there was that element there for me, like the first five, 10 minutes, I felt like once Charlotte came in the ring, that kind of calmed down and we kind of got more storytelling mm-hmm. happening. Um, Cause there was a lot of like little botches here and there. Yeah. I mean, for a lot of that beginning, it just felt like, okay, next person's coming out. Next person's coming out. Next mm-hmm. There wasn't really like much excitement or too many crazy things. Going yeah. On. There really wasn't. It really wasn't. Um, you know, I think Lacey Evans got good spotlight. I thought it did a, a good enough job spotlighting and, you know, really putting buzz around some of those NXT mm-hmm. girls, you know, and really giving them, you know, time to shine. So I, I did enjoy that. And it was the same with the Men's Rumble also with NXT. I felt like they treated those, you know, NXT wrestlers well, at least. Um, they just weren't cannon fodder. No. You know, so, but, um, you know, what are some of the highlights of this match, of the, of the Rumble, really? I mean, I felt Charlotte really shined in this, you know, yeah, she's she just like, like absolute a, monster. yeah, she's like a psycho, <laughs> but I mean, it, it really just, yeah, she, it really just really showcased what a fucking monster she is. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's so much bigger than everyone too, like in the ring besides Nia Jax, um, you know, and she just looked terrifying, like the way she was acting and everything like that. I was like, like oh shit, Charlotte's pissed. Mm-hmm. Um, and the black fucking lipstick, I think sold it even more. So, so I, I like that side of her though. I really did. Cause it felt like she was on the war path and she was determined to win. Um, but yeah, no, um, besides that, I mean, who's the American Ninja girl? Oh, I don't know. What's her, her name? name? Just yet. Okay. Because I'm still getting to know uh, her as a character. All right, it's late. We're not pausing. We're just going. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So she, I mean, she's super tiny, but Mm. what she can do is amazing. Like, she did the whole Kofi Kingston spot 
when she looked like she was about to like get eliminated, but it was like on ten. Like yes. it was it was awesome. It was a great spot. Um, I feel like she's gonna get over fast. Um, I don't know if she's been on NXT for long at this point. I don't so, feel like I think she does more house shows than she does actual TV. So she's not like on the main roster mm-hmm. for NXT. Yeah. So maybe this will help her start getting highlighted. But they they must have known like oh she'll be great in Rumble. Um, no, I liked that they let Natty kind of be the iron mm-hmm. the iron woman, if you will, of the match. She was in there for like fifty minutes or something like that. I felt like they could have made a bigger deal out of her elimination though, once she was out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the deal was with Hornswoggle being. <laughs> Underneath the ring, I won't lie, I did pop for it though. It was um, hokey having Zelina constantly looking out. Yes, that him. was stupid because usually the heel goes under the ring and then they they make you forget about them. Mm. But to have her constantly appearing out, that was a little much. I do agree with that. And then to have Hornswoggle be the one who chases her. Did she? Did she actually get eliminated? Did she run through the ring and then jump over the ropes? Um, she gets in the ring. I think she gets eliminated. She gets tossed she out. She gets tossed out. And then gets chased by Hornswoggle yeah. up the ramp. Okay, that's what. Okay, I was like, did she even get eliminated? Like, Jesus Christ, don't have that angle happen again. No. Um, but uh, what else happened? Zelina Vega game? can wrestle. She can. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why they don't ever use her for anything. They were using her for a while, but they're using her over Andrade. At one where they're like focusing more on her than him, mm-hmm. and she's okay, but I don't think she's she's not like Oscar or Becky level. No, but I mean, if you work on someone, then they can. Yeah, get the... that's fine. But they've got plenty of other people to work on right <laughs> now. Man. I'm in no rush. They can uh-huh. get there. They can work with her, but we don't need to put her in that you know picture too soon. So, um, you know, God knows they did that with Carmella. So uh, we'd be. Carmella was in the ring. She was number 30. She actually got to come out as number 30. Um, oh, well, we forgot the biggest part of the match, right? Yes. Uh, Lana comes out after being injured from the pre-show, as we talked about earlier. She can't get in the ring. No, she can barely walk down the I ring. I mean, I don't know how the medical staff even let her walk down the hmm. ring in the first place. Someone gave her clearance. Yes. So, <laughs> she's limping out there. She's doing a really good job of selling, by the way. I see him punk Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I will give her credit for selling that injury. Uh-huh. I was like, she really legitimately looked like she's in pain. So bravo, Lana, for her acting. Mm. Um, but yeah, she uh, she's out there and she's out there for a little bit. Someone else comes out, mm. right? They get um, Naya comes out and then they get to uh, oh Naya comes out. That's right. Naya comes out, starts she stomps to... on her a bit. Yes, she comes out, stomps on her, goes in the ring. She eliminates a few people. Um, but yeah, and then all of a sudden Becky comes out. Because I think number uh, Carmella comes up too, right? She mm, we it already goes had past 30. that's right. It goes past thirty. Carmella comes up. Sorry, it was a long fucking pay per view. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Carmella, Carmella comes out. We didn't get the dance break, which I was surprised by. Carmella's beating everyone's ass. At that she point. was. She was a house of fire. She was coming out. <laughs> she was taking names. So, uh, but yeah, they, I think they're trying to make you, you know, to take her serious again. Like once they put her in that like. Four quarters match, mm-hmm. you know, for for the uh, number one contendership on uh, SmackDown. I think they're like, okay, wait a second, we do have another wrestler here that we people will take seriously. So right or wrong, um, but yeah, they did let Carmella shine for a while, but then all of a sudden you have Becky, you know, come out and you know talking to Finley, who's there, Dave uh, Finley. Mm-hmm. I want to say David Finley, um, but yeah, and then she finally convinces, you know. 
Finley to let her in a match. With like, you know, of course, the purest of me is like, well, Finley can't make that decision. That's not <laughs> on him. What? What's going on? How did you like the way the angle planned? Because it's pretty much what we saw happening, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I mean, besides know. her tapping earlier, I was fine with this. I was like, I expected it. I wanted it. What about the way she entered into the rumble, though? With her asking? Yeah, like her out there asking to get in the rumble. I thought I thought that was fine. I thought it was fine. I almost wish it happened backstage, though, where you didn't get to see it. You know, you had them take Lana out or something like that, and then you had, like, Becky's music hit. I think it would have been a bigger pop from the crowd because yeah. they already see her there. Hmm. So they're anticipating what's going to happen. Um, but I think it would have been a bigger moment if all of a sudden Lynch's music hits and the announcer says, like, we're just getting this in. Becky's taking Lana's place. You know, and like, it would have been know. a very spot. Though. Yes. So, I didn't have an issue with her. That's if out. I was to book it. But no, I mean, it all played out the way we thought it was going to play out. And, you know, predictability is good sometimes. Hmm. Like, it's predictable for a reason because it's a better story. So I'm fine with that. Um, but I liked, too, they made her earn it at the same time. I liked that right away she was face-to-face with Maya. You mm. know, and she got her moment with Maya in the ring. She punched her right in the fucking face. You know, I hope she was a little stiff there. <laughs> and then you had them, like, you know, going back and forth. I liked that Naya was the one who pulled her out of the ring and started working on her knee, though. Um, and then you had, because it wasn't just a clean win. Like, oh, she just comes and clears house mm-hmm. and she's going to, you know, the rumble. Or to WrestleMania. You had her, like, you know, get taken out, barely being able to stand, you know, and then having to face Charlotte. You know, that was perfect storytelling. Cackling Charlotte. Yes. That was a a perfect storytelling moment because, like, that's who's been in her way her entire career. Mm. So for her to be, you know, dead center of the ring, facing off with Charlotte on one leg to get to that main event of WrestleMania. I mean, even at that point, I was like, oh, fuck it. Because the first thing I'm thinking is, Charlotte immediately always goes for the legs. Uh-huh. Like, that's like her and then she did. first strike. And she did. <laughs> so, that was, I thought that was a great moment. So, but yes. So, Becky ends up, you know, winning the mm. match, you know, eliminating Charlotte. You know, huge moment. And we still have two hours left in this main event. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just insane. Uh, my problem right off the bat was like this should have been the main event of the pay-per-view mm. this is how you go off the air you know because nothing that they could have showed us would have been as big of a moment as this mm. so i don't understand why they booked it this way you know especially it felt perfect setup you have becky open up the card and then you have becky end the card like close the card mm. that made perfect sense so i was confused on why they did it this way um, I don't know. Maybe they felt like it just make the you know the men's rumble an afterthought. Maybe they felt like that needed more steam, like you know, around it. But I don't know. It was weird booking for me. It was, it was strange. So and it, I do enjoy that there aren't filler matches. It feels like the last like you know five shows, five pay per views. Like there aren't as many filler matches, no. even the last year really. You know, where you have those built-in bathroom breaks or breathers for the crowd. There seems to be almost taking kind of like that New Japan style mm. of booking where it's just straight through and you just like slowly crescendo up your card to like, you know, the main events. Which is fine, but when the pay-per-view is seven hours long, I feel like you need those built-in breather matches. Because I felt what happened next 
was the Daniel Bryan AJ Styles match. I felt like they had to go a deliberate pace at first to get the crowd back. Mm. Um, so I felt like it kind of hurt. Wait, the there's match. two people that like. Oh, I know, that. but I didn't feel, but I didn't feel like that match lived up to what it could have been. So, um, you know, especially with the finish, I think the finish was a big part of it. Um, but they got 25 minutes. They got a real long time for that match for Dan O'Brien versus AJ Styles, um, which is good usually. But it just felt like they needed the extra like five, mm-hmm. ten minutes just to get the crowd back into the match, unfortunately. So um, I want to see them wrestle again, but I just felt like I felt like they had a better match last time they faced off. So I don't um, the the finish for this match though was just it felt awkward. It felt awkward. It felt flat out of nowhere. I'm all for like a little faction starting. Mm. You know, Rowan comes out, puts like a claw hold on AJ, and then slams him with it. So that was a pretty badass move. But yeah, I mean, but there was a five minute waiting period of him standing on the side for no reason. Yeah, it it would have worked better if it was sudden, where he just like runs through the crowd, mm. jumps in, hits him with that move, and then Daniel. I think it would have more impact. I do agree. Because you knew why he was there. You know, you knew he wasn't there just to watch a match. And you knew he wasn't mm-hmm. siding with AJ. So you're just kind of anticipating it to happen. That would be funny if he sided with AJ. That would have been weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is happening? Um, yeah, right. I did like his Tom Savini shirt that he had on. I thought that was pretty good. Cool. I thought it was Frank Zappa at first. And then I was looking close. I was like, that's Tom Savini. I want that shirt. Um, but another time. Um, but yes, so I thought that was pretty cool. But yes, I it's kind of out of nowhere. I like the idea of Daniel Bryan having like this little faction, though. I will say that I thought what he did on SmackDown was phenomenal. I love the fact that he finally pulled out his version of the title, yeah. and you had the hemp title <laughs> um, made of. You already uh, have people recreating it. Uh, oh, absolutely! You're gonna do that if you're in high school. You're doing that in Woodshop, man. <laughs> um, it's made out of like oak. That naturally fell. That's <laughs> sure. <laughs> Jesus, it, I didn't hear that. Part. Yes, yes, naturally, naturally fallen. Fell. Yes, not cut down wow. by man. Right? How awesome is that? <laughs> People are. I already... just love that he went the whole trash. Like he threw it away. And yes, I'm so McMahon hates that like mm. spot. Like anyone throwing the belt into the trash. So I thought that was a pretty cool moment. Good heat for him. Um, but. Man, I, I love that people are already accusing him of, like, smoking his belt. Like, where do you, like, so, I mean, there, there's going to be a lot of fun oh, to yeah. have with that belt, so. Oh, Matt Riddle was all over it. Really? Yeah. Was he? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I can make it out of whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. Um, but yeah, no. Um, yeah, so, and then once we have Daniel Bryan go over because I was kind of like going back and forth here like with the whole thing. I I felt like Bryan was going over but I could see them putting the belt back on AJ because I don't know what the road to WrestleMania is Mm -hmm. for the WWE Championship. I don't know. Like I feel like Bryan's going to keep that belt you know to Mania. I don't know who he's facing off against. So he's got an elimination chamber match you know at the event at the Mm pay-per-view. Um and he's in it. Like, I thought it was going to be for the number one contendership, maybe. You know, to face him at WrestleMania. Yeah. But he's actually in the match. It's him versus AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Mustafa Ali, Randy Orton, and Samoa Joe. It was a fun little angle that they did, though. Because they all started coming out. AJ came out first. Um, 
40 came out, they all were in the ring. And we've seen it time and time mm. again, but I felt like we haven't seen it in a while, so it was okay. Um, and then Joe fucking came out just eviscerating everyone in the ring on the mic. That guy is so over as a heel. Because right when he enters, like, people are chanting Joe. Mm. Um, he's my, like, one of my dark horse picks to face Daniel Bryan at, at Mania. I feel like if Vince, and this is supposed to be a mm. new era, if Vince is listening to the fans, I don't feel like there's many people more over than Joe is. Especially as a fucking heel. All you have to do is tweak his character slightly. You know, all you keep him the same badass, have him talking the same trash to all the wrestlers, but maybe, you know, not to the crowd, you know, not to the fans. And he would be a fantastic face. So, I think that would be phenomenal against Brian. You know, I would love to see it. I don't think they'll do it. I don't think they'll do it. Um, but then I don't see who else could be facing it. Like, I mean, is it Mustafa Ali? And that'd be a great little like underdog story. Underdog and story. then you kind of have this parallel happening mm-hmm. where Daniel Bryan was the underdog, you know, winning the title at WrestleMania. And Maybe now they even he's... put more obstacles in front of uh, Mustafa. Like he has to go through Rowan, maybe Harper if he shows up. So it's almost know. karma. Yeah. Where like, you know, like Mustafa Ali, you know, Daniel Bryan is basically playing that like Triple H role. And Mustafa Ali has to go through this gauntlet to get to Daniel Bryan as the ultimate underdog. It feels a little too soon, too fast, though, for me. I mean, the guy just got called up on the SmackDown roster. But I'm wondering if that's where they're going. Because I feel like there's been a lot of focus on him, you know, recently. Um, Even, like, there was, I, I think I talked about last week, they did, like, this little promo with him, you know, answering Joe. Where, you know, he was like, it, the way it was shot and everything, I was like, oh, they took time with this. You know, they really did. So, um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I mean, if you want to go through a, like, surprise angle, I would definitely have Mustafa Ali. Just, I don't know where to take the title from you, Brian. The safe bet is, is fucking uh, Randy Orton. <sighs> I, I just, I, I'm over I don't it. want it. No, I don't want it at all. We've seen what happens. Becomes, yeah, I mean, him and Bray mm-hmm. from a couple years back, it was just a boring. Because Brandy's not feeling it. You know, he's just not going to put that effort in. Well, what is he even excited for anymore nowadays? He's done everything. And we've seen him do everything. That's the problem. Mm. So, that's why I liked what they were doing with his character at first when he turned heel. Because he was so vicious. Mm. It was a side that we hadn't seen of Brandy, you know. But now it just feels like they've kind of cooled off on that. And he's just your typical heel, you know. So, I mean, I don't know, man. If it's not going to be Joe, I, I guess I'm fine with this Ollie. you know they got to do a little more to kind of like push him they got months huh yeah they do have yeah. months they do have a couple months right unless he wins the title at elimination chamber and just throws like completely throws us off oh, i don't want to see that i feel like that's so soon i feel like he needs to earn it more because then i feel like it's a situation where you know he's getting too like the fans will turn on him because mm-hmm. he's getting too much too soon um I mean, people hate Daniel Bryan at this point, so maybe not. But I feel like he's got to work his, like we said, go through that gauntlet and mm. really earn it at Mania. So we'll see. We'll see. Or it's the Miz. Do they have the Miz go? Do you have? But do you have face Miz versus heel Daniel Bryan? And they just, you know, everything that we think are—it's a red herring with the tag team. It's just just a vehicle to get Miz over as a face. You know, you well, have Shane O'Mac in his corner. Last week. 
You have yeah. Shane O'Mac in his corner. I don't want to see it. I don't think. <laughs> I think it'd be an interesting just because, like I said, I, I don't what we've all wanted. Yeah. There's got to be good build up though, and I just don't know if I buy a face Miz. Mm. Can he, as that character, really conjure up sympathy? Well, you have, I don't know, you have Brian. You gotta have Brian like put his dad. In, that in plus, the you know, lock. you have Brian. You know, picking on the fact that a lot of Miz has taken from Brian. You know, a lot of his moves, a lot of his, you know. But he was doing that already as a face. And he, I don't know, man. I don't. I know. feel like you can spin it in the right way. I feel like you could. Where he's like, I created Miz, and it's I just, just like a twist know. on what they were originally doing. I don't know if I can get invested in a face Miz, and maybe they proved me wrong. You know, I just don't know if I want to see it. I just, I feel like Shane, knowing the McMahon's, has to have a match at Mania. You know, so I feel like that's going to be your clear. Mm-hmm. At Mania at this point, they feel like Shane's a draw, right or wrong. Maybe it's The Rock. So. The Rock comes in and takes on Daniel Bryan. <laughs> well, you never know. Mm-hmm. He was rumored for Rumble, but I think there's he's shooting something now or something like that. It fell through for some reason. So, um, all right. Well, moving on. I totally don't even know where we're at on the card anymore. <laughs> uh, next, we have Brock Lesnar going up against Finn Balor. What did he think of this match? You know, for the most part, I really enjoyed it. It was it was super fast. Um, you know, there were it got to a point where I actually thought Finn could walk away with the title, but you know, it was a little too fast for me for that. Like I knew when he hit the coup de gras that Brock wasn't going to be pinned. So when he snapped on the Kimura lock, and it was over, it was disappointing to mm. me. Um, I think if there was a little more back and forth, like if it went maybe like five more minutes, you know, I would have liked the match more. It was good for what it was. Um, But that being said, you know, I don't know. At this point, I feel like we've seen this match, you know, with like AJ Styles and Brock and Daniel Bryan and Brock. But I felt like those matches were more well done, more well booked. Mm -hmm. And it's not Finn's fault. Um, I did like that Brock came to work, though. You know, like he came to work uh-huh. and he came to put Finn over. Like he was willing to sell and he was willing to. I mean, really, if you look at it, Finn got all the offense in that match. You know, he was nonstop. Mm-hmm. So I did like that aspect of it. Um, so, and supposedly Finn was handpicked by Lesnar um, to, to for him to wrestle. Hey, man, that's great. But then what, what, what does Finn get after this? That's exactly the problem is after the night after you have Finn kind of like taking a moral victory just for like standing toe-to-toe against Brock, which I thought made him look weak. The promo wasn't great in the ring. And then you have Bobby Lashley come out and just demolish him. So, like, I was hoping that you were going to further this program, like maybe get another match out of it, maybe see, you know, we talked about last week, maybe actually, you know, see, you know... um, Demon. The demon. I almost said the beast. The demon versus, you know, the beast. Mm -hmm. It felt like easy, you know, programming right there. Um, But apparently not. Apparently you're going to be getting Bobby Lashley, you know, versus Finn for the IC belt, probably at Elimination Chamber. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Finn walks away with that belt. You know, let him kind of hold it. Um, They have been doing a better job with the IC title, where it's definitely the workers' belt again. They've reestablished that with, like, through Rollins and Ziggler and everything like that. 
So, I mean, that feels like a perfect fit for Finn right I now. Yes, but I, I was just hoping for that better storyline. What what if but what if Brock shows up in the Elimination fool. Chamber and just attacks <laughs> Finn and costs him the match? Oh, uh, and then you get, you know, the demon versus the beast? Keep on dreaming, man. Yeah, he's not gonna show yeah, up. Yeah, he's not gonna show up unless he's contractually obligated to do so. Mm. So and maybe he is, I don't know. But yeah. And I don't know why he'd come back just to beat on Finn again. Seems like overkill. So maybe Finn makes a comment. I don't know, man. I don't know. I just I don't like the way they're writing for Finn right now. And maybe they're not writing for him. because um, we hear that they're supposed to be getting more bullet points and have more freedom, but it's just not working for him. <laughs> So on the mic at least, and he better fucking at least put on a damn good like uh, offense on uh, Lashley. Lashley at Elimination Chamber. Yeah, hopefully after what we just saw against Brock. Yeah, but he put on. I would argue that he did put on good offense against you know uh, Brock. No, I'm saying he did. So we so saw I, him. You're saying so. I suspect you you expect him to be able mm-hmm. to like. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree. He can't be built as like built as the underdog in this match. You know, I feel like that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I know there's a huge size difference, but fuck it at this point. He's he's Finn Balor. <laughs> that means shit to Vinny Mac. You know that. I know. <laughs> it means nothing to him. If he didn't make you, he doesn't care. Um, but anyway, <laughs> well, just like and what we. Well, actually, is that we're getting into the uh, men's Royal Rumble? Yes. Now. Yes. Um, and like we said when we were watching it, or when we were talking about it at a certain point, you know, Aleister Black was in the Royal Rumble this year, and that was great, but there was a very, like, he looks so much bigger on NXT yes. than what he does. That <laughs> stood out to me. Uh-huh. So, like, on NXT, he looks like a legit big guy, you know, just compared to the other wrestlers, but then watching him in the Rumble, it's like, my God, he looks tiny. I don't know if it's because he was standing next to Drew McIntyre, but even like compared to some other wrestlers, and maybe mm. it's just his like kind of like slim like frame, he just looks smaller, like a smaller guy. And I'm afraid that will definitely hurt him on the main roster. Yeah, because I was saying, oh, this will be like the next Undertaker and everything, mm. you know. And like gimmick wise, it makes sense. No, I fully agree. But with size wise, it totally doesn't make sense. He's more built, like a, maybe a little taller than CM Punk, but not much. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I feel like he needs to fill out a little framework. He had a great showing though in the Rumble match. So let's get into the Rumble match, right? Um, this was kind of more of the same. We, well, we started off with Elias in the middle of the ring, right? Mm -hmm. Um, which I was fine with. And then all of a sudden we get a surprise. Like our first real surprise of the night, right? If you want to call it a real surprise. Was there any other surprises? At? In the men's? I'm just talking about in general. This is our first surprise Sorry, of the yeah. night. Yeah. We have Jeff Jarrett show up. Jeff Jarrett shows up. Double J shows up, right? Um, what surprised me most about this is Elias was all of a sudden a heel. Like he was booked as a heel. Mm-hmm. Totally during that angle. And the next night on Raw, he was a heel. He was justified. <laughs> he was a baby face literally last week. Nothing happened to make him a heel. I mean, he was it's just lazy been... fucking writing, <laughs> yes, man. <laughs> it is. But his comment of being, you know, constantly compared to him did make sense. I guess. But then he was in the, like, I get the way he justified on Raw was like the fans weren't loving him enough. You know, it was his way. I'm paraphrasing, but that's his way of saying it. So it's like, okay, whatever. 
Um, and then we had to see fucking Road Dog come out as the roadie with Jarrett on Raw also. So they were about to play a duet during the Rumble, and then, you know, he ambushed him and yeah. threw him out of the ring. So I was waiting cool. for it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So um, any big standout moments for you? Um, I mean, Alistair Black was one of them. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Johnny? Johnny Rodano was another good one. Uh, I definitely, there was, it was interesting to see him with main roster guys. It didn't seem like they knew how to handle him at first. Mm-hmm. He's, he is a fucking ball of fire, so. He is. He is. And then I think, too, just the way he's being booked right now in mm-hmm. NXT. Is he a heel? Is he a face? You know, how is he working? And a lot of times this is the first time, like just like with the women's rumble. You know, when you have all these NXT guys come up, sometimes it's the first time they're getting in the ring with some of these other wrestlers. Mm-hmm. So there is like no chemistry whatsoever. They're going cold. Um, so and that could be that could end up being a clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you happen at the, you have happened a few times. You know, during the women's. So, um, and not that I felt like there was ever a moment between Johnny and them that looked like that, but I think it kind of caused that hesitation that you saw. So. Um, I liked how Andrade was like booked. Yeah. You know, he was in the mm-hmm. final. I think he was in the final four or five. Um, you know, uh, you know, it was it, it was well paced. I will say that. You know, even though it was at this point, I mean, we're six hours in. Um, but I wasn't feeling it at that point. It wasn't until after the pay per view that I was like, "Holy shit, that was a long fucking pay per view." Um, I think I was feeling it once Seth Rollins was put to the table. That was annoying because you knew exactly what was happening. Mm-hmm. You knew that it was going to be. It kind of telegraphed exactly what's happening. I was happening. like, "Well, I know the end of the match." I think we were both were we both predicting Seth. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I felt like it's been set up since like last WrestleMania. You know, he had that big gauntlet match where he was allowed to stay in for like an hour and fifteen minutes. So it felt like okay, they're back in the Seth Rollins business at this point. So and just how they've been. I mean, he's been carrying Raw for the last year. But, so when he went out for that, you know, God, he was out for a long time. You knew that he was going to pop back in the last, like, you know, exactly. 10 minutes of the match. And that's totally what happened. Um, I was worried. The only thing that made me doubt anything was Braun being in the match. You know, and having that scene. He was, like, number 25 or number 26. He was, like, late. He was late, yes. Yeah, so I was like, oh, my God, no. Don't tell me Braun's going to win. It just would have felt so anticlimactic at this point. Mm. You know, I don't, I feel like they completely killed any, like, I don't know, any push that he was getting at this point just because of, like, how they've been booking him and everything. Mm. It's just, like, kind of, like, the injury didn't help, but just this, like, start and stop thing that they're doing with him is just really killing any momentum that he's had. Um, He's still getting chance, you know, from the crowd, but I feel like they've just been programmed, you know, to do so at this point. You know, because even when he came out, it wasn't like a huge pop or anything. No. You know, people weren't clamoring for Braun to win. So, um, Dolph came out, and he was one of the you know people that were heavily rumored mm. to be you know possibly leaving. Um, supposedly, he's on a handshake agreement right now with WWE, but I've seen this too much with Ziggler. How many times have we heard that Ziggler might be leaving the company? And then he shows up at the Rumble. I feel like that happened last year. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, all of a sudden, he would, like, he... Didn't he... Oh, he laid down the title. Yeah. He Remember laid down he, the fucking IC belt. And then, like, he was gone, and we didn't see him for a month or so, and then he showed up again on Raw. He or on, on Rumble. During the Rumble, he showed mm-hmm. up. That's right. 
So, I just, it did, it did nothing for me. It did nothing for me. It wasn't a surprise or anything. It was just flat. So, I think I was more surprised on how little Drew McIntyre actually ended up being in the match. I was expecting him to be at least in the final, like, four, mm-hmm. right? But he got eliminated, it felt like a little after the halfway point. Yeah. So, and I thought that he would be the guy to be making all the women. Like, he had, like, the cane spot. Yeah. Where he'd be, you know, getting the elimination counts, you know. But no, I, and I'm wondering why. I wonder if they, right now, they don't feel like he's going to be in the world title scene for a while. So they need to pump the brakes a little with him. You know, maybe they see I next guess, year being his just, year. It's a shame. It is. It is. But... I mean, I think I'm fine with Rollins, you know, being in yeah. that spot. I feel like that makes more sense right now. Uh, I think probably after Mania is when you're really going to see Mac. Like, I, I, I feel like they're going to jump right into McIntyre-Rollins, like, mm. angle right away. Um, Dean was in and out, you know, relatively quickly. Um, who I don't even know who eliminated him. Well, he attacks Rollins right off the bat. Yeah, they went and they got a decent pop from mm-hmm. that. But then, was it Mustafa Ali who eliminated Dean? I think so. I could be wrong. Like I said, it was seven hours long. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was definitely a face. He was in and out. But, speaking of Dean, so right now, there's a bunch of question marks, you know, surrounding Dean. Yeah. We don't know exactly what's happening or, you know, it looks like, you know, the... So Raw happens, okay. Seth, you know, spoilers, he won the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Uh, comes out, great promo between him and Triple H. Really well done. Dean comes in the ring, and once again, great promo. Like, you know, accusing Seth of kissing his ass, talking about the history and everything. Probably one of the best, like, you know, in-ring promos to start Raw in a while. Um, you know, and God knows they always start off Raw mm-hmm. that way. So, but it was actually well done. You know, it felt like a moment at least. Dean, like, you know, gets in Rollins' face, tells him, you've never beat me. So, you know, right away, you know, Triple H sets up a match. But he's in Triple H's face, too. And, you know, Triple H says, okay, well, you know, I got to go to the back or something like that. And he's like, oh, you got to ask your father-in-law to, you know, Mm -hmm. for, you know, um, the okay to start the match. So then, you know, Triple H starts the match. Good match, you know. Dean, you know, loses clean. Um, then all of a sudden, Nia Jax comes out and ends up, you know, getting in Dean's face. This is then, while Dean is trying to make some form of a. That's nonsense. right. So Dean is sitting in a chair. That's right. This is after commercial break. Dean's mm-hmm. sitting in a chair and he's talking about when he originally signed with the WWE. And that's it. He's telling, like, come on, people, I'm trying to talk here. Um, then Nia comes out, cuts him off, you know, and then they knock him out of the ring. He lands mm-hmm. on his feet, but, you know, he's still, like, in Nia's face, like, kind of going back and forth and everything. Then we hear the reports early the next morning that Dean is leaving WWE. Then WWE actually confirms it that once his contract's up, Dean will be leaving the company in April. Right away, I smell work, mm-hmm. you know, just because I've never... I've never heard WWE announce someone is leaving the company three months out. Um, and the amount of time they, they spent with him on Monday, I mean, it just 
feels like you know they're up to something and what is what they did with that time as well the fact that he had to make an announcement yes the fact that he called out triple h the way trying to tell a story Mm -hmm. um and you know i don't feel like they would shine that much you know focus that much on that character if in three months he's out Mm -hmm. you know i mean usually they just job a guy out they you know throw him on house shows you know he shows up here and there um but yeah this was not that you know he was a main focal point of you know the start of that show so um i don't know i don't know what's happening right now i mean it's a different time with all the contracts and everything like that that's happening now with aew and mm-hmm. you know with online and you know things leaking so quickly so i don't know if they're trying to get in front of it but i still feel like it's a work i really do i, I how do you feel i know oh, i 100 percent think it's a work okay that's just me but okay there's enough people convinced i mean it it's it seems very similar to cm punk's leaving back in the day what but... one thing that can kind of confirmed it for me not I guess not necessarily confirm it. That's not the right word, but kind of like made me lean towards it being more of a word was that people were saying like people who have insiders in the company were saying that no one knows for sure whether or not it's a work or if it's a shoot. So like right there, it makes me feel like, okay, because if Ambrose was really leaving, I feel like he would be telling people and I don't know him personally. I don't know how he close he is with people, but I feel like someone would know, you know, (laughs) if he was leaving for sure um you know supposedly he's been super disgruntled um he hates hokey shit which is what we've been calling his fucking angle you know his heel turn for the last you know month and a half two months mm. you know just super fucking cheesy um but did you see joey ryan's tweet no oh it's like if he hates hokey shit now wait till he gets booked by an indie <laughs> yeah, oh it's a russian right me. yeah oh yeah right <laughs> So, um, yeah, people were, you know, shooting up screenshots of Dean dressed up as the Mountie from like a a year or two ago. They had him do it on SmackDown. It was horrible. So, and then him in this fucking house plant that you love so much, you know, where he became a prop comic for a little bit. So, it's okay, Christian. It was an enjoyable time. (laughs) Apparently not for Dean. (laughs) So, but yeah. So fun facing off against Chris Jericho. uh Yes. So, but yeah, no. So he's not been happy. So, I mean, it does line up perfectly, though. I mean, he's released in April, the uh, Double or Nothing pay-per-views in May. So, I mean, it would be the perfect timing for him. But I still Doubt it. I still don't believe that. <laughs> I got, if he's off the show for the next, like, month, then I'll start believing. And I feel like he'd go to Impact. Do you? Mm-hmm. Why so? I don't know. I feel like... Especially uh, the talent pool over at Impact. Uh, friends with Sammy Callahan. Um, that's, I mean, they that's need a... people. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't give a shit if they need people. Like no, He's not going to throw them a bone. Like, oh, I feel sorry for you. You need people. I don't, I don't see I think Cody he goes where the money is. He's one of the... He's top ten highest paid wrestlers in the WWE. So he's going to want to go where the money is. Do you think could Cody you and see, them are interested? Could you see him going to New Japan? That'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, could you see him over there and being like one of their new like Gaijin like talents? I think he would work well because they lost uh, a lot. Yeah. You know, <laughs> work well with Switchblade and everything. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't know. I don't know. It'd be, it, if it is true, which once again I doubt, it could be interesting. It yeah. could be fun, right? You know, Tanahashi versus the Dean Ambrose that we always versus wanted. Ambrose Wrestle Kingdom fourteen. Oh God, I hope Tanahashi doesn't have the belt for that long. You think I he's gonna have it for the year? <laughs> he's facing Jay White soon. We'll talk that later. Okay, but um, but yeah. So yes. Yeah, so the Rumble match ends with Seth Rollins. You know. Standing on strong on top. I was happy for him. I mean, he's been the workhorse, like I said, for, you know, Raw and WWE for the last It was the right decision. It just wasn't as exciting as I felt it could have been. No, and it shouldn't have ended the show. It should have been Becky. Becky's moment was much bigger. Mm-hmm. That was a much bigger moment, you know, a big surprise and everything. Oh, you know what we're forgetting? Nia Jax coming out in the yeah. match. Yeah. What the fuck was that? Yeah. She comes out. What is Finley thinking these days? Yeah, well, we didn't even see Finley give the okay. So apparently you could just jump people as Uh they're coming out and take their spots now. Um, So it's just going to be chaos, apparently. Because this sets a precedent where, hey, just jump the guy and take number 30 spot. So she comes out. Oh, they'll remember it. They'll replay this shit for a while. (laughs) But she comes out, attacks poor R-Truth, you know, and then just walks down to the ring. You know, and at first I was like, is she attacking him for someone? You know, like I'm thinking like she attacking him for Roman. She attacking him for Rock. No, she's attacking him for herself. She's entering into the the, the, the male's rumble. And it was like an uncomfortable moment for me because like part of me, like I, I can't stand the character. You know, I'm a mark, I guess, where I'm just like over her mm-hmm. and I'm over her as a wrestler. So I didn't like that she was getting the spotlight. Um, they did like give like make her a serious threat though. She eliminated Mustafa Ali. You know she was standing toe to toe with a lot of those guys. Um, but then when it became like five guys like ganging up yeah. on her and attacking her <laughs> in the middle of the ring, I was like, I don't think this is a good look for the WWE no, right not now. The, not the moment. I thought we were over this. <laughs> So it was just odd. I, like, I would have been okay with it more if it was just Randy Orton getting her out of the ring. Yes, but not all of them like Ray hitting the six one nine like Ray. Like I, I don't know, man. And I like it too. Like I'm thinking, and this is just the father in me. But you've got a bunch of young women in the crowd. You know, you've got this evolution happening. You know, with women's wrestling. And I don't know if it sends the right message. Like having all these men beat up on this one woman. <laughs> Even if she's a complete asshole, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think it's, I don't know. It's just not, a it, it felt out of place and weird. Yes. It felt like it was booked in the late nineties in the attitude era. Mm-hmm. And that's something you would see. And we've seen it before. We've seen China enter. Um, you know, I mean, it's happened before, but it's just, I don't know. I just, I, it was weird. And it just felt there's no payoff to it at all. Like mm-hmm. what's coming out of this? Like, I don't think you're getting, I mean, maybe they work at Ambrose, you know, Nia Jax angle. You know, I, I hope not. You know, and we've seen wrestlers go out like that. Jeff Jarrett actually went out wrestling China. He lost to China for the, uh, lost the IC belt to her. Um, you know, back in the day, so that that is a possibility. You know, to send Dean, you know, out like that. But I don't know, man. I just don't want to see it. So don't like hokey shit, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, here you go. Here's some serious <laughs> hokey shit. Um. Yeah, so that's kind of our thoughts on the Rumble, I guess. Um, star rating, Christian. Uh, three. I think it was so bottom-heavy. Um, 
but I have to like give them credit for the matches that happened early on. So I did like the way that the Rumble played out. I did like, I did like, like I said, the Sasha Banks match mm-hmm. against Ronda Rousey, and I definitely loved the Becky and Oscar match. Um, so I'll go three and a half on it. Okay. Um, the men's match was a little lackluster for me. I'm glad where we where we got, but I don't know. I don't. Know. They could have done a better job but mm. overall. So and I, I wanted a surprise or two. Give me a surprise or two. But it, neither. No, this this felt very just lackluster when it came to the amount of surprises, the amount of yeah. excitement, amount of just like. Was there any big surprises going. last year? Um. I feel like there was a couple. In there, like returners, I can't remember. yeah, because I was thinking like Bray Wyatt could come out, like Wait, Matt Hardy, like you know Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, you know, like one, a return at least. It doesn't have to be a surprise from another company or a new signing. Mm-hmm. It could have just been a returning wrestler, and that would have been a nice moment for them. So I mean, maybe they're saving all that for after Mania. I don't know. I mean, Wyatt is like teasing, you know, he's holding his championship up and stuff like that yeah. on Instagram. Yes, whatever, man. He's been doing that for months at this point. So. <laughs> All right, uh, so... I think the only news out of wrestling that we didn't get around to was Omega is going to be, I mean, all well, confirmed. Yeah. For AEW. During so. Be The Lead, they, you know, had him find his phone, it seems like, and they showed the ticking clock. Um, it, it Now, it's not... You didn't get to actually see him, but it was someone's hand turning around the phone. You know, I think Matt or Nick is on the phone with him saying, oh, you finally found your phone. And then he turns the phone over and it's a clicking clock that's counting down to the um, ticket sell events. You mm-hmm. know, or the, I, I don't know what they're calling. It's like a roster announcement or something like that. So it feels like it's just counting down to that. You know, maybe they're swerving us. I don't know. But I feel like Kenny is definitely going to, mm-hmm. you know, AEW at this point, you know, which is great for them, you know. Um, but yeah, and then we also had a report out there saying that Brock is actually willing to talk to the AEW guys. Um, I'm sure he's probably just using them to hike up his own, you know, asking price with the WWE and UFC. But I imagine I mean, if they he, offer enough money. He's worked New Japan before. Mm. You know, he was their champ. So he fought against Nakamura. Imagine Omega versus Lesnar. How insane would that be? And that would definitely get them on the map right mm-hmm. away with the casual fans. You know, having Brock over there, that'd be huge. So I guess his contract is up um, after the Saudi, uh, the Saudi, um, you know, whatever they call that. It's great. it's great to know that they're it's the greatest Royal Rumble. On. What do they call that one? Um, is it the greatest Royal Rumble? Right the after Mania, right? Oh, God, whatever. I didn't so I realize also that, that they count those and when they talk about Royal Rumbles. Like, they did that whole, like... Royal Rumble is the based on the numbers thing, and they were talking about all the stats from previous. Oh, Royal and they Rumbles. actually use that. Yeah, they that use some count. of the. I'm like, that doesn't. Count. Bullshit. They'll forget about it in a year. Once the deal's over, they'll forget about <laughs> it. They'll sweep that underneath the rug. Uh, so, but yeah, I believe that is it news wise. So that's gonna do it for the show. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, before we go, we've got a bunch of podcasts that we want to shout out. Podcasts that we think you should be listening to. Uh, first up is our new stable mate. Uh, who invited this guy? Now they're part of the DCP network. Woo-hoo! So uh, go ahead and check them out. Their dark humor and crude comedy come alive in this weekly podcast as three friends discuss anything and everything from crazy history to modern day 
atrocities. So go ahead and give them a listen and check out all the all other awesome podcasts on DCP. So um, next up is one of my favorite wrestling podcasts, the Brocast Podcast. Uh, two bros watch and discuss films, wrestling, and video games. Go ahead and give them a listen, and they're on all your favorite podcast platforms, bro. Bro. Um, next up is the 9 to 5 Nerds. Uh, three nerds with the podcast, uh, but we get weird. Movies, comics, video games, and nerds. <laughs> I guess. Okay. So, but they're a great podcast. They're on iTunes. Give them a listen. Uh, last but not least, Jules Hannaford of Hong Kong Confidential, Hong Kong Confidential podcast, and author of Fool Me Twice, a uh, memoir, and an Aussie teacher in Hong Kong. Um, it's a great podcast, a really interesting listen, and I know they're also on iTunes. So go ahead and check them out, and also check us out. Yes, make sure that you're checking us out on dramacityproductions.com, but also on every other platform that you can find podcasts. That's right. All your favorite platforms, we're there. Okay? Yes. Trust us. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't find us, you're not really looking at <laughs> We're just a Google away. Yes, honestly, we are. So, mm. I mean, Stitcher, Podbean, iTunes, you got Spreaker, you got fucking, God damn, I, I'm out, man. I, just I don't know why you out. keep doing this to yourself at this point. I'm I'm stopped. One of these why are you doing it? Because <laughs> I feel like I can do it, man. But there's like 10 of them. So iHeartRadio, um, yeah, whatever. You can find us. Anyway, yes. Google. Google, you, motherfuckers. You can also find us on social media. Google Play! No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> on social media, that means Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That's right. Go ahead and check us out there. We are your nerd hub for pop culture, goddammit. Yes. So, um, and then uh, you want to check out the band that you're listening to right now, Them Guilty Aces. Yes. Great rockabilly band from the Chicagoland area. Always playing shows every weekend. So if you're in the area, go ahead and check them out. They're also on iTunes. Got some great fucking EPs and LPs up there. You can still call them LPs. Did we figure that out? I don't even know what LP stands for. <laughs> so anyway, um, but yeah, go ahead, download their stuff. And they've got some awesome videos on YouTube. They just shot a new one, I believe, a couple weeks ago. So they've got a lot of material for you to devour. And not to tease, I am working on something that Greg Brebner might have been working on. That's right. He dropped us a new track. We're just trying yeah. to figure out where we're going to fit it right now. <laughs> so... Um, it's a good thing, to, a good problem to have, yes. right? So we've got a lot of great music for you guys, you know, to kind of, you know, bookend the show. So um, that will be coming soon. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, if you are interested in great Rutgers music, he was our original theme music. You can hear him over on SoundCloud and check him out on Instagram. Yeah. Give him a follow. So. All right, well, that's going to end this show. All right, man. Where are we at? Three hours? Um, just about, almost. Jesus Christ, man. I was like, coming into this, I was like, <laughs> two hours tops, man. There's no way. Down in Royal Rumble. Oh, <laughs> Royal Rumble. Well, hopefully we're going to slow down on the wrestling a little, you know. No, it's, you it's the road, man. It, we're on the road to WrestleMania. It is our uh, the road wrestling to WrestleMania, season. man. I need a break. <laughs> it's like eight hours of wrestling every week. Jesus it's going to be Christ. nothing but horror and fucking wrestling. For Vince the next McMahon three months. hates me, and he's trying to kill me. <laughs> I shouldn't take this shit personally, but I am. <laughs> Vinnie Mac hates me, damn it. I just hope it's good. Like, just make it a good eight hours, you know? Because that's, I mean, literally, if you do the math, it is close to eight hours of fucking wrestling. Yeah, it would be. You know? And then you throw New Japan in there? Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. 
All right, man. Well, <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys enjoy yourselves. Yep. More content for you. This That's is Christian. And this is David. That was the amazing This has been a Drama City production. The man is here! Ronnie, I told you I'd find a way back to you again. Now, <clears throat> for about a year now, I've been hearing about this baddest woman on the planet. But the last time I came to your show, I dropped you right there. And even after that, you never came looking for me to prove that you're the baddest. So, Ronnie, I've come looking for you to prove you're not. You've heard about this, but last night I won the Royal Rumble match. And unlike Seth Rollins, I don't need much time to think. I choose you.